Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, as soon as he's finished servicing his battle suit. This is episode 12, and tonight we will be focusing on games workshops, community engagement, past, present, and what we'd like to see in the future. Uh, Before we get to that, though, we start off with some hobby progress and games played. We go into rules lawyering on multiple barrages and close out the show with Beyond the Rim. Uh, Also, first time in this episode, we have a new segment called News from the Front, where Jay and I talk about the recent developments in any campaigns we're running. In this case, uh, my campaign, The Romanov Heresy, and Jason's campaign, The Return to Colorax. Be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. We're also on iToysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong-side-maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And finally, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and or SoundCloud. Right now, we have the Finish Your Army Hobby Challenge going on where we're asking listeners to join us as we attempt to complete our army, our armies. Uh, we, this is going on from now until August, and there'll be prizes for best painted and the most models completed. Um, also, if you're local to Windsor, check out Brimstone Games. We have Miniatures Night on Tuesdays. And uh, join the Greater Windsor Table Warriors over at itoysoldiers.com and come out to the regular club days to get some games in. Jason's home store is the Games Workshop at Young and Lawrence in Toronto. They've got a great community and there's tons of people there, especially on weekends, so it's easy to get a game in. And finally, please enjoy tonight's episode and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. been a while for you because uh last show was tyler was on so what have you yeah i think it's been like what three weeks three four weeks something since we recorded like that. yeah um, time's all relevant anyways. yeah i know right i uh haven't done too too much just because i've been so busy like organizing this campaign and getting it all right and ready mm-hmm. and everything but um in the cam in the kill team campaign that i'm running you have to have like you don't have to have but you get like way more points for having stuff fully painted yeah so I needed to, I needed to have a broadside done because I wanted to put a broadside in my list because that's one of the better things you can take in kill team for for tau. Mm-hmm. Um, like a little storm bit, search. You know, <laughs> so it's a little bit of a bigger model. Um, so I'd been kind of like pushing off doing the broadsides because I had done like a ghost keel and I had started working on my riptide and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to get back to doing like smaller models, whether it was like special characters or individual like fire warriors and stuff like that. Yeah, but I just needed to step up and like power this guy out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's not 100% done, but I've got all the base coats done and then I sanded the base, yeah. put a few rocks on there, but I still have to do some highlighting on him to finish him off, but uh, he's coming along pretty good. He's, he's definitely, definitely like a very good tabletop. Oh yeah, he's a good tabletop, it's yeah. just not 100% for me yet. Um, like I just have gray, like a light gray, 
on the missiles right now. I haven't finished off the whites. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to do all the edge highlighting on the yellows, on the on the blacks. Yeah. But uh, more or less, I'd say it's probably about 70% done. Yeah. You have uh, this other um, hot broad here, too. Yeah, well, I last time we talked, I had um, a lot of Shadow Sun done, mm-hmm. but I hadn't finished all the highlighting. So I finished her almost 100%. I have the base sanded. I just have to, like, I sand the base with the GW sand. Yeah. But then I paint it because I like it. It's a very light sand, yeah. but I like all my stuff. Well, like I think a lot, of people, a lot yeah. of people do that, I think. Uh, it doesn't, like, it's grainy, but because it's all the same color, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. So I end up painting it all Mornfang brown, giving it an Agrox wash, and then dry brushing it with um, a light. I forget which light brown I use to dry brush it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that just like pulls out all that depth yeah. of the and all like the grains in the yeah, sand. It yeah. pulls it all out a lot better than just the sand itself. Yeah. So I just have to do that on her, and she's one hundred percent done. Cool. And then uh, I finished all the base coats on my tie ball, okay. on my shield yeah, line, yeah. which is a huge step because now it actually looks decent on the tabletop. I thought it looked good before. Yeah, I just have to finish the highlighting on it and yeah. everything, and uh, it'll be all done. Cool. But yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I haven't been painting that that much just yeah. with all the campaign stuff going on, but uh, getting that stuff done is kind of got me motivated to paint more, get back into it again. Nice. Plus, we have the challenge going on right now. That yeah, that I'm like, I posted my list for that challenge, and then I stopped painting. <laughs> no, sorry. I, okay, so my main hobby progress is uh, I had a couple guys over the house last weekend, and we did a big uh, team game, so I'm like, okay, I should really get my fucking drain painted, so I knocked out... Uh, I think Imperial Statuary stuff. So yeah. Like the big space marine, then the like fallen, uh, fallen Aquila. Yeah, you have the Aquila too. Yeah. And everything. Well, it's all like one set that comes together, right? Yeah, but I don't have the little one, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got it secondhand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I got that done, just did like a bronze and then like some grays over that mm-hmm. and it looked really good. Not like yeah, because crazy, you, but. You have a great table. Thank you. And you have a lot of terrain. It's just getting it like all finished and painted up and looking yeah. really really good and like the other thing with train too is like I, I bring my train to the store every once in a blue moon for mm-hmm. Apoc and yeah. stuff so it gets beat up and like some a lot of my pieces are second hand that have inherited from like friends who no longer play yeah. or like a couple of my pieces a guy came to the store with them one day when I was playing them in a league and he's just like here take them which was that's all, oh yeah you have two pieces that are like two, phenomenal like, you have this like huge, cathedral it's just yeah beautiful. I have like a ruined cathedral and a ruined factory that each one is probably on its own like an imperial sector kit yeah like I would and say you'd be paying at least 100 150 for those pieces of terrain if each you, if you bought them each brand new yeah, yeah. exactly yeah no there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces there yeah let's get photos was, of those because those are just yeah. mind-blowingly good well most of the guys at the Windsor Club know what piece I'm talking about because I like I bring them anyways but those are like they were second hand and they get like you know bumped around my car and stuff so they really need some fixing up and yeah. like touch ups but yeah so I got the statuary done I built some tank traps based off the trash terrain videos I mentioned last time yeah you mentioned those I watched them they're pretty good yeah so I built very it. basic but that's um, what I need but it's cool yeah, yeah. I don't know how to build terrain. Yeah. So. Super, super easy stuff to, yeah. to make. And I built like a little pump house. So like this piece of cardboard that like kind of looked cool. So I put it on a base, put some uh, straws coming out of it, like pipes, and yeah. painted that up like a brownish red and the pipe silver and yeah. based it gray. And it was great. I had a f- Every piece of terrain on the table was painted. I mean, not like fully painted, but it was but nothing painted. like gray, like yeah, nothing gray. on the table. Yeah, yeah. 
And I had some trees that I put on little like forty mil Terminator bases so they could like move. Oh, around. that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, I had this box of like grass terrain that I never used. Huh. We were playing on by a twelve by four table. Yeah. So yeah, got all that terrain done. Uh, just before coming down to Toronto, I finished my um, league list. So I'm running a sky hammer. I needed a second Devastator squad with heavy bolters. Yeah. And I had uh, at my parents' house. I dug out some like old old Space Marine stuff. So I took those guys, ripped the arms off, put on heavy bolters. Mm, this guy actually does look a little familiar. Yeah. Right? So uh, some of those guys were Black Templar from Jason. They somehow ended up in my possession. So, uh, <laughs> some of them already had the arms broken off. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to use these guys. I don't think he wants them back. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That is a horribly painted model by a 12 year old kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, so I did four. Devastator Marines and two assault sergeants with bolters and uh, bolt pistols and uh, power axes. <laughs> what and, was I thinking back then? Then <laughs> well, over a decade younger. Yeah, that's what, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also built my Caluxus assassin, the anti-psyker guy, and I clipped off the legs and filed them down and gave him a Dark Elder Witch legs from the Venom kit. And uh, to be fair, I'm not like too familiar with this model. Like I know. Obviously, normally who the model is, but like looking, at, I looked at it and I had no idea you replaced the legs. Well, normally he's like standing straight, oh, okay. like you know, being intimidating and yeah, stuff. Yeah. With this, it looks like he's almost dodging a bullet or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on the position. It looks kind of odd. Like you called him a surfer earlier, and that's, well, just because of like the piece of terrain that he's on, kind of like sh- like shoots up out of the ground. Yeah, and yeah, with the way that he's like positioned, it kind of looks like he's riding a surfboard. But I was just cracking a joke. I still think yeah. the model looks pretty cool. Okay, that's good. So I guess I'm a little self-conscious about him right now. <laughs> so. But I wanted something different. I picked up the Calidus today to complete my set of four different, each one of the Yeah, it's awesome. I want to see you run all four of them in a game. Yeah. Um, I also, we were at GW today. You were running your uh, Kill Team campaign. I painted my uh, Salt Terminator. So I got the red layer on them, like the main red. Yeah. And it's coming along. I should have used a bigger brush because it took me all bloody day to do five of those guys. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm learning. Uh, I read a tip a while ago that, like, use a bigger brush than you probably think that you need. Mm. And then eventually you'll learn what size brush you actually need. So I've started, like, I used to paint everything with, like, a smaller fine detail brush. Yeah. And now I've started painting almost everything with, like, a standard size brush. Yeah. And then only using my fine detail brush for, like, edge highlights and stuff like that. So, um, for people who don't know, I've, uh, I built custom Thunderhammer Stormfield Terminators, so I took regular shooty Terminators, clipped off the Storm Bolters, and drilled through it, and put a brass rod through there, for the, and he gave them spears instead of hammers, yeah. and he used high elf spear tips, and then I have uh, Hoplite Spartan Shields from Max Mini, like third-party site, and I glued those onto the Power Fists. So they look very like Greek Spartan sort of thing, or like mm-hmm. Roman centurion type look. Because that's the theme of my army. Uh, I also touched up my chapter masters based on uh, Asterin Moloch, the Minotaur's chapter master from Forge World. Mm-hmm. And you put a photo of this guy. Yeah, on he's on Facebook, uh, Facebook, but you made some comments today, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to change it. No, you said <laughs> you said I should do some gold highlighting. I'm like, well, I did do gold highlighting. And then you start highlighting him with your brighter gold than the one I have. And I'm like, well, he's supposed to be bronze, not gold. So yeah. I bought a bronze today. You bought like a lighter bronze color. Yeah, yeah. and just touched him up just a little bit. And I so. think it really does pull out a lot more of the model. Yeah, he's good. I got to go back and uh, 
work on is a like loincloth type thing with some uh, wash. Yeah. But he's almost done. I mean, it's good that I'm going back and touching him up because he's like the character of my army. Yeah, if he's right? the character, so, you like you said, you want him to be the pinnacle of your ability yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. That's all I brought out in front of us. So. Uh, just cleaning up my gaming room kind of solve progress. Yeah, I think it does, yeah. Yeah, I moved some stuff up to the attic, and then I brought down a couple of saw horses so I could set up the two 6x4 tables for the big game. Yeah, right on. My gaming room's so much cleaner now. So It really good. helps, like, getting rid of all that clutter. It motivates you to continue to work if you don't have, like, everything yeah. out there, but also just to, like, play games and have fun. Well, yeah, this was probably the second big clean of that room in the last, like, month or so. Mm-hmm. So now we can have a table set up. Like, yeah. me and my roommate Daryl played a 300-point X-Wing game and just left it out overnight. Yeah. And it's like, I couldn't do that before in the living room, for example. Yeah, exactly. it takes up so much space. Yeah. But we've got in the basement, so. Um, okay, so hobby goals. What are you planning on working oh, on? Fuck sex. Um, <laughs> I've had these Terminators for a while, and they haven't been finished, so I want to get them finished. Uh, build up the Calend Assassin. Uh, I need to finish my Centurions because I need to uh, do the chest guns. So yeah. I'll say... Yeah, because you want to magnetize. Yeah, the chest guns. Like, I didn't magnetize the Grav Cannons because, like... You're always going to take Grav Cannons on your Centurions. Yeah, except then the next day I face demons. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, i got to finish uh, the Centurions. I want to base them before I prime them. I want to build up that Assassin. And I want to just put more paint on the Terminators. Get more, Maybe not finish them, but, like... Have them looking better because my army doesn't look very good when it's like half painted. Like this Terminator right now, like I like the red on him, but the bone looks it's too dark. Yeah, it is, yeah. And it looks really odd. It all comes together when it's finished, but yeah. when it's half painted, it looks like garbage. Yeah. So, uh, what about you? Um, okay, so next week in the Kill Team campaign is a week off because. When we're recording this, it's a week before the 35th anniversary of Space Marines. Is that what this it is? This big Space Marine. It's like a big Space Marine thing at Games Workshop. So we're not playing Kill Team next week. So well, I don't this have... will probably drop after that. So Yeah, it'll drop yeah. after that. But this is still my hobby progress. But, oh, okay, um, yeah. So I'm... Don't have to paint any Tau stuff. Yeah. So I picked up a Dread Knight. And I picked up a squad of um, Terminator... Like Grey Knight Terminators. Yep. So I'm going to go into like... Heavy hobby progress mode nice. over the next like two weeks, and over the next two weeks, I want to have all the gray knights that I have done. So it's another five strike squad guys, a dread knight, and the terminator squad, and your champion guy, and my champion guy. Pro, finished right? too. Yeah, yeah. And when that's all done, I should have over five hundred points of gray knights easily done. That's a good little force to play around yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got a question. So you uh, didn't like Castle and Crow on the table, so you're going to run them as something else, right? The game that we played was very small. Yeah. And I mixed in my Black Templars and my Grey Knights. Okay. And how many points? We played like a thousand points yeah, or something like so, that. Yeah. And they were all foot slogging. I didn't have any like heavy support helping out or anything yeah. like that. So. My list, my actual like Space Marine list that I'm building has Emperor's Champion and Castle and Crow. Okay. Um, I still need to run him and try him out more. I can't just like play one game with him and be like, oh, shit, I'm not going to use him yeah, anymore, yeah. right? Um, he's not very good outside of a challenge. He needs to be in a challenge. Mm-hmm. And the way that I want to run him is in like the Storm Raven being flown in, dropped down, and yeah. then charging out. 
yeah. like almost like directly into combat. Right, right, right. So he should almost always be getting into a challenge. But okay, my question is if you're not going to run him as Castle and Crow, which you mentioned earlier, yeah, maybe yeah. you are going to, but if you're not, are you going to clip off the Demon Sword and replace it with something else? Probably not. Okay. I'll probably still use it as. Like just a just sword and just yeah. use them as like brotherly champion. That way, if I ever want to, use, if I completely outright the fact that I don't want to use it much at all, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'll probably clip off the demon sword and give him like a regular sword or something. Like okay, that. cool. Um, so how about uh, games, games played? played? Um, played a couple games. The only one I'm going to talk about is the big game. So six players, three players aside, two thousand points a player. It was me. Dan run, uh, me running Dark Eldar, Dan running Tau, and Dom running Eldar with some Corsair allies, versus Aaron running 30k Luna Wolves, Jesse running Imperial Fist 30k, mm-hmm. and Ben running Ultramarines. So, uh, and it was just supposed to, I told people ahead of time, like, this is a fun game. Uh, the only restriction I put on it is uh, no to cure, or two restrictions. No decurian style detachments because not everyone has them, and they're yeah. Anyways, I think it unbalances the game unless you're both bringing those. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and no, if you bring a detachment that gets you free units or upgrades, you still have to pay for that stuff. Oh, okay. So if you bring like a mechanicus war convocation, you you can bring it and you get the other bonuses. Yeah, the other bonuses, get but you still stuff. have to pay for yeah. that stuff. So you still get like the uh, you lose gets hot and you get all the. Uh, cult Mechanicus yeah. orders, whatever the hell they are. Yeah, I, I like what you did in that you you really put it out there. This is how we're playing, today, yeah, guys. This is for fun. We're not playing like super competitive or whatever. Yeah. Like, so like Dan, for example, brought like a really foot heavy towel list compared to his like tournament mech list. Yeah, but he brought a huge squad of crew kitted out with hounds and like the crew dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Dom, for example, didn't bring a wraith knight. Uh, I brought Harlequin allies, which I only generally because there's so many points. Like yeah. I, I run the three characters, so that's a lot of points to sink into a unit. And then uh, Aaron brought a lot of tanks. Jesse brought like a lot of troops, and then a Spartan. And Ben was kind of on the other side of the table from me, so I didn't really see a lot of his army. But like, f- I think a fairly typical list. Yeah. So like, grab some trains and draw a pod, a couple scouts and land speeder storms. I I don't know. So how the game also. Uh, first off, a lot of fun. Yeah. That was so sweet, and the table looked great, so I was really happy about that. I'd love to play in a game like that now, because I do have about 2,000 points of Tau that I probably, I mean, how many points per player was it, though? 2,000. Oh, it was 2,000 points It was 2,000, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I could now play in a game that big, and I've never played in a game that big before, so. Yeah. Well, Dom and I had agreed to play, because the club day got pushed back for Magic, and I said, like, okay, we'll play at my house. And, like, uh, you don't want to invite a few people. We'll do a team game. If no one shows up, we'll just, me and you will play. Yeah. So I think I invited, like, seven or eight people. And all but two of them showed up. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, I was not expecting this. <laughs> and it all worked out great. But, yeah. like, it's like, oh, okay. So I kind of said, because I sat in my room. It's like, yeah, Dom, maybe one or two other people might come over. And then I invited a bunch. of like, yeah, so a couple of people are coming over on Saturday. <laughs> and I kept on, like, Daryl, like, Eight people are coming by. I hope that's cool. He's like, yeah, that's fine, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kept bringing it up. He's like, why do you keep asking me? Because I didn't <laughs> want to, like, outright say. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm having a Warhammer party. Like, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, so I wrote the mission. It was three objectives. And the Space Marine players, they were on their table half. Yeah. Some of them in their deployment zone. Because I figure 
Tao and Eldar are on the same team. We're going to have a bit of an advantage in terms of like our army, army power levels. Yeah. Um, and it worked out pretty well. And then each player had specific secondary objectives. Like you get a point for slaying a character or yeah. something. And I capped those at three because I didn't know how balanced they were going to be. Yeah. And some people got all theirs and other people got none and some in between. So yeah. they, they weren't perfect, but... Clearly, the mission was perfectly written because it uh, came out as a tie. <laughs> right on. Uh, highlight of the game was Dom uh, heralding while he was doing a psychic power with his Corsairs, which mm-hmm. was you pick up a unit. And the Corsair perils are like brutal, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his was uh, the power is like pick up a unit and deep strike it and it doesn't scatter. Yeah. But for every six inches they move via the deep strike, they have to take a dangerous terrain test. Oh, okay. So he perils and rolled the result where the opponent got to choose the target. Oh, wow. So they moved him over 115, it was like 115 inches yeah. across this 12-foot table, and he had to take over 20 dangerous terrain tests. <laughs> he only lost two guys. Yeah. But then next turn, we're like, okay, so we really need them back over here. Can so you do it again? again. <laughs> like, to come back. And he took, like, over 15 that time yeah, or yeah. something. So that was the highlight of the game. Uh, my Archon failed his first two-up invulnerable save and died. Yeah. And then my Solitaire came in and cleaned house. Yeah, we were talking about this game before, and yeah. uh, you told me that you think every Warlord in the game got killed. Mm. Yeah, every Warlord bit it, and that was... Uh, we didn't use First Blood or Linebreaker, but we had Slay the Warlord. That so, like, could be achieved for each Warlord. Yeah, just a bloodbath. Oh, yeah, there was very little left on the table in terms of everyone's armies. Like, there was a little bit more of, like... Some tanks, like Aaron brought a Typhon, which is like a super heavy land raider yeah. thing, and that was live, but in a few whirlwinds, but not a lot else. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, we managed to tie it up, which was awesome. Uh, the thing for me that I kind of learned is I needed to bring better squads. Mm-hmm. So I was going to bring uh, Blood Brides, which are like the witch veterans, yeah. but I kind of cheaped out and brought regular witches. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, in a big game like that, you need punchier stuff. Yeah. So I should have brought the, paid the extra points and found some way to... Yeah, because, like, how many more points would they probably have been? It's three if... points a model, yeah. right? So, and they got into combat with us, sh- and the Shadow Seer was with them. And they tied up a unit for a while, but they eventually died yeah. to, like, um, breacher squads, which are tough. Imperial Fist breacher squads, they got an involve save, Yeah. carry, pain, yeah. toughness five, yeah. but, like... Yeah, I've they played against Jesse's army, and yeah. it, it's tough. It's tough taking out those... Uh, but, like, witches, a dedicated fist. combat unit backed up by a psyker should have been able to do it. Yeah, it just because you're so... You I didn't where punch it off combat is in the game right now. That's, that's also true. And Dark Elder <laughs> in general, but, like, and my NQB weren't... I only took four NQB, and that wasn't nearly enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you? What games did you get in? Um, so I haven't played any, like, regular 40k games. I've just been playing... Uh, a lot of kill team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, every Saturday I go in for the gaming day now, and it's mm-hmm. campaign day. Um, so I played a bunch of kill team games, just kind of like helping people out, teaching mm-hmm. them the game, getting in. Like, because you can only count two games a week, right. but you can play other ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, I played on Thursday against a guy who hadn't had his second game yet, and I was like, well, you know, we'll play. And mm-hmm. it just, it will, the game won't count for me, but it'll count for you. Because you can still gain experience even if you like, lose and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, even if you lose this game, you might as well play because you're going to be... Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to fall behind in the yeah. campaign and everyone's just going to start running away from you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the first game, right off the bat that I played, was against Brandon. And when we were doing the movements, he kind of leaned in towards me. He's like, hey, man, you know, I haven't, I think I've played, like, one game of Kill Team under these rules. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I'll play you. And then that yeah, way, just, like, because Brandon works at the store as well. So he's, okay. like, he's like, you know, that way, you know, if you have to do your thing, if I have to do my thing, we're, we'll just have our table off to the side. We'll play our game. And then that's cool. we both yeah. understand how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just absolutely wrecked me. Really? He just crushed me. Like, I didn't kill a single guy. Holy crap. And he was playing orcs. Orcs are deceptively good in Kill Team. Deceptively good. Orcs aren't be, supposed to be able to shoot. Yet, his whole army was hitting on fours. The exact same amount as mine. Yet, I have a strength five, AP five. He has, like, a strength five random, because he, like, flash gets. Flash gets. Are just yeah. amazing. So, it's like, uh, taking out everything that I have. Like, well, I mean, awesome. my armor saves only four anyways. So, so it's, it's like, you have a 50-50 chance. Two-third chance. Only on a five or six is not being your arm. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a one through four. Yeah. He's cutting you down. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just ate it big. Like, I think I lost turn two. Good for the orcs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then, you know, it's a campaign. So you roll for your casualties afterwards. My Pathfinder sniper killed outright. Rolled two ones in a row. <laughs> and then my team leader was killed outright. Two ones in a row. I, I rolled four ones in a row. On my casualties. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, I still got some points in the game, so I was able to spend those points to get my team leader back. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get the Pathfinder, the Sniper back. Yeah. But I kind of realized that, like, he starts off at Ballista Skull 3. So I was like, yeah, he has a Strength 6 AP1 gun, but it's like a 50-50 chance if he's even going to hit or not. Yeah. And I've played games where he doesn't make a single shot. Well, during our big game, someone, well, someone, uh, Ben was using a Vindicator. I remember at one point he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, cause D3 wounds on this talus. And then he failed to wound because mm-hmm. it's always wounding on a four. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's why I don't take the most expensive assassin. Yeah. He's like, he's great. Good. He's great when he's, when he's rolling well, but yeah. Um, so that kind of sucked to start off the campaign, but mm-hmm. at the same time I'm running the campaign and I don't think I should win. Win. Yeah. So I was, I'm just having fun with people. And it's a it's a fun campaign anyways. Yeah. If it's not a problem for me because I'm never going <laughs> to um, But then afterwards I played against Jeff uh-huh. who's playing Death Watch and a beautifully painted Death Watch mm-hmm. army. I don't know if you saw it. I, I saw a little bit of it, yeah. My God. is it, If you haven't gone to the Return to Colorax Facebook event, mm-hmm. go check it out because I think we have some photos of his stuff going up. Either today or tomorrow. Okay, we'll share them on our Facebook page too. Yeah, and um, man, just I can't get over how beautiful that army is. But I actually, I managed to pull a win out in that game because it was uh, I attacked him, so he was playing defense. So, so the our beauty of the army didn't like secure your. Vision. <laughs> it like, almost you were able did. To see past it almost it. did. Uh, I wasn't too sure because we were playing this mission where I had to kill half of his force, but it's such a hard mission to play because you're allowed to hide your models mm-hmm. in in kill team. Yeah. And the way that the terrain is set up, he had like guys up on a higher level and just hid them. Mm. And I was like, okay, now I can't even see him. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get close enough in time to like now yeah. see them. So he hit a lot of his guys. And uh, he was starting to take shots and wear some of my guys out. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of put one, I put like two guys out in the open, yeah. hoping that he was going to pull his guys out of hiding yeah. to shoot at my guys. And he did do it, and he didn't kill them. Oh, nice. And in turn, since he pulled them out, I ended up taking those yeah. guys out as well. 
Um, so I got the win there. Show no, no fear, my ass. Yeah, but what threw me off because I didn't know the rules for Death Watch before um, before I played against them. They have stalker bolt guns. Okay, which are way better than regular bolt guns because they're thirty inches AP four. Okay, so like crack and ammunition for stern darts, yeah. essentially. Yeah, okay. Um, and then they can also fire sniper rounds, where I think they become uh, strength five. Sorry, sorry um, they become sniper heavy one AP five. Okay. So it's, I mean, still like sniper, so you can use it on monstrous creatures and stuff yeah. like that, right? And you have rending. Because yeah, in Heralds of Ruin, you can give them, like, a, you've option, you can pay points to give them extra ammo and stuff, like different types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. But that was a great game. Like, it was so, like, it was so even until about turn four or five when I started to really just turn on the pain. Yeah. But at the same time, he was having a lot of trouble rolling three plus saves. And that's a huge, obviously, if you. We've all been there. Yeah, if you can't roll a three plus save, it doesn't matter how good Space Marines are. Yeah. Um, and then just today, I played against Greg, who plays Tyranids. We've mentioned games that I've played with him before. And uh, so I attacked him today. And yeah, we're both laughing here because such a good moment. So I have I played really really well. Like I I kind of like I had to move forward and attack his base. Yeah. He had like three objectives that I had to plant melt bombs on, mm-hmm. and you have three models that have melt bombs. So I really had to like hide them oh. and keep them away from each other. Like it's not just anyone can destroy. Yeah. The um, well, anyone can destroy the objectives, but I'm only strength three. Yeah. And it's just, it's a uh, armor tre- armor ten. Uh, in like building technically yeah so the melt bomb is going to destroy it right away yeah yeah but my other guys can't do anything to it right so uh I did a really good job of like hiding those guys moving forward mm-hmm. and it's so funny to see Tao running across the field especially against Tyranids yeah like bringing the fight um however he had um he had a hive guard yeah that was yeah, it I came I was painting and I came over to watch this yeah uh, this just, moment happened so I put my broadside like right on the deployment line. He put his right on his deployment line, 24 inches. And me being the idiot that I was, didn't realize that 24 is like base to base, not like, Oh, I'm just outside of 24. Yeah. It's the edge of your base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, he fired, got one shot through strength eight against my toughness four. Oh, I had that two plus save, but you think I could make it? (laughs) Yeah. I just imagine because those types of guns, they fire like giant, like, sentient spears almost. oh right and that's on, yeah. how they steer themselves that's oh, how they cool. ignore cover yeah so I just pictured like the broadside just skewered yeah on one. and uh so you know okay all the broadside was a casualty that's all right you know maybe he'll but it was an instant death it was like a yeah double you out it was that's double you out so you get minus one to your modifier and i rolled a two so that means it's a one and that means i was gonna roll on another table and i rolled another one <laughs> So my broadside was killed. So I've lost my team leader, I've lost my sniper, and I've lost my broadside. Now, I spent the points because I did end up like winning the game outright. I yeah. made Tyranid's route out, so he failed yeah. his leadership 10 test. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of points, so I ended up spending like 15 points to get my broadside back, which is a yeah. massive amount of points to have to spend. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a key component to my list that I need to have it in there. Uh, so, I mean, plus I just spent like so many hours painting it. Yeah. That I was like, I'm not going to paint this mall and then not use it again in Kill Team. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I brought it back. Um, I'll probably still have another game this week I think I have to play. Cool. But that was it for now. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to talk about the new books that are 
coming out. Well, they just went out for pre-release today. Yeah, so they we, we should were, be out by the time this is dropped. Yeah, we were on the Games Workshop re- website, and you were like, "Hey, I just want to see what uh, what the pre-orders came are out, for today." Yeah. So we were looking at them, looking at some of the Space Marine stuff that came out. Yeah, um, that Angels of Death book was up for pre-order. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it's like selling out super, super fast. Yeah, like people were. Yeah, the guys were coming around the store and yeah. saying like. Oh, it sold out in New Zealand already. Guys, get to the computer. Yeah. Pre-ordering it. Um, and I had seen, uh, not just rumors, but I had seen, like, formations, new Chaos formations that had come out. Yeah. And I actually saw that they have, like, the Chaos book, the Chaos supplement. Both of them, Crimson Slaughter and Black Legion. Yeah. Um, come out next week, which is awesome. I'm so glad to see, like, Chaos is getting the formations that they need now to, yeah. like, hopefully bring them back up to... Uh, to like level the the playing field. I noticed uh, I was telling you about this that I saw one of the formations already in there is I think it's four sorcerers mm-hmm. and the benefit, the bonus to the formation allows you to use one of the enemy's units in your shooting phase. Which man, I am so scared of that formation now. <laughs> That's all my army is, is like good shooting. I guess now that and, I'm running Graf Centurions, I should be a little afraid. Yeah, especially since you're playing as Space Marines. Like, fuck it. There's a, uh, there's a Chaos player in the league, and that book's coming out next week. Yeah. And you can change your list up from oh, game to game. Yeah, so. if you're not using that list, if you're not using that formation. Fuck. I didn't think of that. Um, what's also interesting is with that Angels of Death book that's coming out. Um, yeah, we heard that at least they've got like a couple of new psychic power trees yeah. in that book, and apparently every loyalist chapter can use it, including my homeboys, the Blood Angels. Yeah, which so, is awesome because your psychic table is not so great, right? About half of it's okay. Yeah, the other half is garbage. <laughs> um, but I'm interested to see if those form because we just talked about can like Blood Angels and Dark Angels use Space Marines. Uh, to space marine formations, and we came down. It was pretty clear that they can't. They couldn't. However, will they have new formations for in those armies book. in this yeah. book? And I'm thinking they're going to, which would be awesome. Because Blood Angels need some sick formations. Need some love. That's yeah. what they need. So we'll see next week, I guess, when that comes out. Yeah. By the time this podcast, when this episode comes out, it'll yeah. have already been out. However, you have some news though. Yeah. So uh, as most people know who listen regularly, my home store is Brimstone Games in Windsor, Ontario. And uh, just recently, Brimstone asked a few members of the local community to become commissioners. And what this is, is a volunteer position for someone to be like the go-to person for that game system. And I guess because I run a lot of the campaigns and stuff at the store, I'm in there frequently, and I go to a lot of the club days, I was asked by the owner, Sean, to be the commissioner for 40K. Yeah. So... Which is pretty cool. It's I, like I said, it's a volunteer position. I might get a few perks here and there, but um, basically, I'm going to be doing the same thing I'm going to be doing, the which is running events, running campaigns, and I'm going to make it easy. Hopefully, get the lines of communication between the club and the store a little clearer, a little yeah. more open. So sometimes there's issues where like a club day needs to get pushed back and stuff, and the word doesn't get around yeah. at, as soon as it could. So yeah. uh, the other big thing that they're doing is they're sort of reviving a Facebook group called Brimstone Players, which I'll oh, awesome. I'll show I'll uh, share on Facebook our Facebook page, where essentially anyone who's part of that community for any game system can sign up and mm-hmm. just like post on Facebook, hey I'm looking for a game, I'll be at the store on Thursday, you know. Yeah. So and it's my it's my responsibility to 
answer 40k related questions that come up on there. So if someone's asking about, I don't know, can you ally talent great knights or something? Yeah, we all say like, well, this is how you'd be able to do it and shit like that. So it's not you're gonna be the guy. Yeah, I was hoping <laughs> for my title would be the sigilite, but. Commissioner is pretty cool, I guess. I guess so, uh, yeah. Or Primarch or something. The Primarch would be the best! God Emperor. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I won't be ruling the 40k community with an iron fist. That's a little beyond what I'm allowed to do. But, <laughs> yeah, so, um, I don't really know what this is, is going to come in this position. It, it's kind of like just starting out, so it's not really clear. But like I said, my understanding is I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing and hopefully open those lines of communication a little more. Yeah, man. And just be there for the community and grow the community, which is awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's yeah. good job. <laughs> Thanks. Cool, man. Uh, I guess we'll take a short break, and we're going to come back with a new segment, News from the Front. All right, and we're back with our new segment, News from the Front. Yes. In this segment, we will be giving updates on whatever campaigns we are running or participating in. Yeah, it won't be a full-time um, Yeah, just whenever. Segment, I think. I, I mean, it's going to go for the next few months. Yeah. But then, who knows, there might be a break on it, and it'll come back. Well, my campaign, the Romanov Heresy, is running until May 8th, I believe, so about four more weeks. And how long is Colorax running for? So, I think we're going to run it until the end of May. So, we have next week off. Um... And then I'm going camping um, one weekend early May, either the first or second weekend of May. Okay. So we're taking that weekend off as well. So I think we're going to finish on the um, final weekend of May. Okay, cool. Just because, like, in a game where you can upgrade your bases mm-hmm. and your characters, it's going to become, like, the power creep is going to get to be way too yeah. much. That I'd rather just have a shorter campaign plus you're playing two games a week right so if you have eight or six weeks in there you're still getting 12 games in kind of tells a complete story Mm -hmm. plus a shorter campaign means you can do another one later in the year yeah definitely Um, but that's how I kind of want to run these campaigns nice little short two month yeah compared to my current campaign which has been going on since January 3rd (laughs) and you keep you plan on continuing it for a while well until May beginning of May but I okay so here's the thing Uh, well I'll start with my campaign report sure so Unfortunately, in the last two or three weeks, we've had three players have dropped out for various reasons. Like one guy had too much work, another guy has work. Well, actually, two of them were work related. So, which is very unfortunate, but you know, so it goes. It wasn't because they didn't like the campaign. Yeah. But this is kind of signaled to me that maybe it's been going on a little too long. Yeah. But I, I've had mixed, like mixed um, feedback on in terms of the length, like. I had Dom tell me, he's like, no, 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 this needs to go all year. This is just getting good. Like, Yeah, it's interesting. If a player's doing well in a campaign or, like, decent in a campaign, yeah. they want it to go on forever. If a player's doing horrible, they just yeah. want out because it's like, well, I can't beat any of these players, so why am I committed to yeah. this thing where I just continue to lose? Well, definitely uh, Ivor was, like, doing really well in the campaign. Yeah. He had to drop out because of work reasons, right? So... He just was working so many hours he couldn't commit. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting because Ivor was part of the uh, triumvirate of 30k players. He was doing Iron Warriors with then Jesse, Imperial Fizz, and Aaron, Luna Wolves. Yeah. And they'd form an alliance, which Ivor broke. Oh, right. During right. a game. Sweet. Like they, they, him and Jesse attacked uh, Kevin's running Imperial Guards, his, yeah. one of his sectors, and 
apparently Ivor betrayed Imperial Guard during that game, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, the Iron Empire has fallen. That's it's, awesome, though. He had Knuckle had as his uh, form handle goes. He had like this whole like territory carved out right by the hive, and it's all up for grabs now. So, how are you running that? Are you just like erasing his name from those spots, or are you letting people grab those spots? I just took them off. Just took them off. Yeah. So if someone withdraws from the campaign, you just all those territories become like open again. Yeah. So it's free movement for people into there if they're not. Well, yeah. Because the thing is, is like if like someone asked me, one of the people who withdrew is like, "Can I give my territories to so and so?" I'm like, "Well, that's no a huge advantage." Yeah, I would say no. So I told him, "It's like no, sorry. Like if you want to give so and so your the heads up that you're leaving, so he can like move into this territory first before anyone else does." That's I, that's fine, yeah. but yeah. So it's unfortunate people have dropped out, but like, it's not like there's prizes on the line. So yeah, and exactly. they seem to have enjoyed it. Um, so I mean, some of the players like I get like emails submitting their moves, and they're like really in character. And it's like I'm invading. Ah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I'm starting to notice that in my campaign as well. Some people are getting really into character. Yeah. So uh, Echo uh, Joseph, he's a uh, Rancorn Demonkin. He's been like cutting a bloody swath right through. It's the highlands, uh, east, no, west of the hive, so yeah. that's pretty cool. I've been doing meh. Dom's been doing pretty good, although I was able to beat him, so yeah, it's uh, looking good and it's coming up to a climax. So, how about a uh, return to Colorax? Return to Colorax. Well, okay, we, so we've done two weeks so far, okay, right? So, no, we are not like we're still at the beginning of the campaign, mm-hmm. but people are now understanding how the campaign works, how they're supposed to be upgrading all their guys and everything like that because mm-hmm. the rules are pretty complicated, yeah, for the campaign. Um, that's all right, you know. We had a really big turnout week one. I think we had fifteen or sixteen people, yeah, show up and play games. Uh, this week was a little bit less. I think we had about eight to ten people it's there today. Still good though, it's still great, but not like it was the week before. Yeah. Um, and with the buy next week, I might see some people, some of the participation drop off, but that's okay because like it's way easier to manage ten people than it is to manage like sixteen. Yeah. Right. Um, There's only so many tables, too. Yeah, especially considering some of those, like, other six people, I really had to, like, hold their hand on, like, how the campaign worked. Oh, okay. Um, But still, no, uh, we're going pretty good. No one, I mean, it's only week two, so no one's really breaking away. Mm -hmm. But um, right now, Noah is sitting at eight victory points. So he has the lead. He's playing Space Wolves. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool to see it. He has, like, a lot of scouts out there. Nice. Um, He actually, he had one... um, Thunderwolf Calvary. Thunder Calvary, and yeah. he just purchased a second one. Oh, cool. So he's really going to be, and then he was asking me, should I be, should I maybe get a Terminator with a heavy flamer? I was like, that's good, because you don't have any, you don't have any, like, Norse cover stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was thinking about, well, getting, like, a squad of, uh, what is it, Fenrisian wolves. Yep. Uh, he was thinking about getting that, just to really have a lot more speed on the table, because his oh, army is nice. pretty slow for what it is. He only has that one uh, yeah. Thunderwolf Calvary. Um. So his army's looking pretty tough. I can't mm-hmm. wait to play him because we have played a few games. I've done pretty well against them. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see now because my army hasn't been upgraded too, too much. Yeah. Keep um, having to replace guys. I keep having to replace guys, but I still have the leftover points that now all I have 10 fire warriors in my list mm-hmm. and they all have ballistical four now, yeah, which is sweet. deadly. Like threes and threes against uh, space Marines is really, really good. Or like threes and two versus uh, guard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I haven't really looked. That was kind of my base. Like, I knew that's what I wanted to do right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I do want to upgrade my broadside to Blister Skill 4, because mm-hmm. that's pretty deadly as well. Just hopefully he doesn't die again. 
Because uh, yeah. he is 71 points, which is a massive amount. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Noah's sitting at 8 points. And then we have Jason C. We have Jeff. We have Mike. Oh, I should say who what all these people are playing as well. Jason's playing Necrons. Uh, Jeff is who I played uh, last week. Uh-huh. He's playing the beautifully painted Death Watch. Mike is playing uh, Tacharagons, or how do you pronounce it? Tacharagons, the space sharks. He's playing space sharks. Um, beautiful and, army. Yeah, just beautifully painted army. I'm doing a best fluff award. Yeah. In the um, in the campaign, that someone so there'll be a best general award who has the highest victory points, mm-hmm. but then there'll be best like fluff or best storyline award, and that's. How? What's the storyline of your army? Did you really get into the character of it? Yeah. Um, did you upgrade your guys and actually change the model as we went? Right. Do your mm-hmm. models look nice? So like Jeff's in the running for his guys because his guys look beautiful as well. Um, did you add guys into it and stuff now, like that? Are right? you choosing that, or are you having like a player's I'm vote on it? it. Okay. Because I've noticed through my like experience in in the store that if you give it up to a player vote, it'll just go to the most popular person. Oh, uh, that's fair. Right. Um, so I'll pick it. And it also, like, I really enforce it today where, like, two people were playing a game and they just decided they wanted to have a draw because neither one of them wanted to, like, step out. Because they're like, well, if I step out, I'm going to lose. The other guy's like, well, if I step out, I'm going to lose. And it's oh, like, out well, of cover, you mean? Out of cover. Yeah. So, like, well, we're all just going to sit here and the game's going to end, so I might as well just call it a draw. I was like, cool, both of you guys lose points on the fluff-wise because you guys are both under, like, territorial conquest. So you both want to attack other people, yet you play this game where you both just sat back. Yeah. Right? It's like, no, I played a game today where I had to attack a Nid's base. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm Tau. I'm a shooting army. But guess what? I had a wave of fly- fire warriors crossing the field all yeah. together, just walking forward, running forward with mm-hmm. bomb carriers, right? It's like, for the greater good, man, I played the fluff story. Like, they were told they had to run out there and destroy these posts. These fire warriors, no matter how upgraded they were or whatever, they're running out there and putting themselves, they're sacrificing themselves. Yeah, as opposed to just sitting back. And but I could have sat back, and, and as soon as my broadside died, I thought about routing. Yeah. And being like, good game. Yeah. But I was like, no, man, you got to play it through. Um, so there is that fluff award. And Mike, his guys are so beautifully painted. And every time a guy gets a kill, he's adding, like, blood stains. Yeah. With blood for the blood god. He's, like, flicking it on. So yeah. it's like the guys are, like, chopping them down and everything. That's and he has, so like, an all-assault marine army. Yeah. It's really, really awesome. Um and Jordan, who's playing uh, Nids, also like a very beautiful, beautifully painted army. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a bunch of Gaunts, a zone throw as his leader that can like throw down an awesome. He normally takes uh, war plants. And, yeah, he comes with them standard. Well, yeah, but you get to pick on the uh, oh, on the Harold's table. Rune? Okay. Yeah, you get to pick on your table which one you want. So he has like warp blast or war plants or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, paroxysm. Yep. The minus to weapon skill, ballista skill. Which is so good. Yeah, really, really good. Especially if he like lands on like my broadside or something like that. Yeah. And then he has a venom throat. So yeah. giving the cover to everyone. He yeah. just like runs this shrouded with so much cover and Harold's Ruin. He's basically running like two plus cover save across the table at you. And then like all of his gaunts have devourers. Mm-hmm. So it's just like mass amounts of shots coming at you. Yeah. Um, it's actually the reason why I brought a broadside for the smart missile system to yeah. take it yeah. out, right? Um yeah, that's what the standings are like right now. A lot of other guys involved. They're all no one's getting ahead because it's uh, like a lot of people still are at like three points, four points. So everyone's still in the runnings. It's yeah. only and like this is after some of week two. Some people still have like another game to play. Like I still right. have another game to play. Yeah. So like I'm at six right now, um, but there's no reason why after my game I could be at eight. 
Like sixth place? I'm at six uh, victory One. points. I see. So okay. technically I'm tied for third place, but if you did the rankings, I'd be in like probably like seventh or something like that. Okay. I still have one more game to play this week, so like I could bump up yeah. to first place. Right. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's how the campaign's going so far. Cool. Can I do a quick PSA for mine? Of course. <laughs> so it's uh, coming down to the wire. It's the last month for the Romanov Heresy players. Go through your handbooks and like double-check the rules. Uh, quick overview for the winner is the person who has the most victory or uh, campaign points, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. And campaign points are awarded to the player controlling certain territories. Not all territories give campaign points, mm-hmm. only certain named territories, and they give different points, different values. And also, some of them are army dependent too. So, read over your rule books carefully before you like put in your final moves in this next month. Because once it's done, it's done. So. Yeah, and I guess I should also put out the PSA for Colorax. Um, I've been very lenient on the battle report sheets mm-hmm. and like how people are playing the games and the movements and everything like that. Um, just because it's the beginning, there's a lot of rules. Yeah, the campaign book has been out for three weeks now. Yeah, the next week that we play won't be for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Five weeks the campaign book will be a, would have been out for. Yeah. I'm going to start cracking down on rules. If you don't fill your battle report out properly, because I don't watch every single game. Yeah. I just take the battle reports home. I do all the calculations on where you're standing at. If your battle report isn't filled out properly, you're not getting the points for it. Or if it's illegible. Yeah, you're not getting the points for so. it. Take the time. It's only a half an hour game. You can take the 10 minutes afterwards to fill it out properly. In so proper, readable yeah, exactly. penmanship. And if you don't know the rules and how things work, I can't help you, man. Yeah. The campaign book is out there. You can't write cursive. You're doomed. So. <laughs> I don't care if they don't teach you in school anymore. Right on, man. Well, I think that's news from the front. All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back with the rules, Larry. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're back with some rules, lawyering. Yes. So during the big team game I hosted, we got a bit of a rules argument over... Barrage. So, I thought this was going to be an interesting rules lowering segment, but apparently I just didn't read far enough. <laughs> but when Jay and I were discussing it, I think we were both wrong. So. Yeah, because you had we talked about what we were going to talk about in the episode, mm-hmm. and I asked you, "So, what do you want to do for rules lowering?" And you mentioned barrage, and we're we were sitting down and having dinner, and we both talked about how we thought barrage worked. Yeah. Um, now. I've only ever used barrage once, um, playing as Tau. Yeah, sorry, specifically multiple barrages. Multiple barrages, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've only ever used a single barrage um, weapon, so I didn't know how multiple ones really worked. However, I've seen enough battle reports mm-hmm. online that I've seen enough multiple barrages being played that I thought I had an understanding of how it worked. Yeah, so we're going to go over it step by step. Do you want to explain then... how we first thought it was? Sure. So, actually, no, let, let, I'm going to read through the multiple barrage section, okay. and then we'll each give our what we thought it was, and then we'll talk about like what it actually is. Okay, cool. I'll read a little more. Yeah. All right, so um, page 160 of your big rule book, multiple barrages. If a unit fires more than one shot with a barrage special rule, they fire together as follows. Okay, so place the marker over the target, so the hole has to be over one of the models in line of sight. Oh, actually, not in line of sight, because it's barrage. And then scatter is normal. 
Once the first marker is placed, roll scatter die for each other barrage weapon shot fired by the unit. Mm-hmm. If an arrow is rolled, place a, like a second marker in the direction indicated so that it is next to and touching the edge of the first marker placed. A lot of people flip it. Yeah, a lot of people flip it. Yeah. And then if a hit is rolled, the firing player places the marker so that it touches any part of any marker in the group that has already been placed. Oh, okay. Note that it is perfectly fine if some markers are placed overlapping one another, including being directly over top of the of a previous marker. Hmm. Now, the way I read this is that if a hit is rolled, it cannot be placed over top of the first marker. Mm-hmm. And... My argument is that it is implied that it can't be overlapping that first marker. Yeah. But a lot of people, including every other player at the game I was at, said, like, no, it can overlap it. Yeah. I'm. Do you now want to talk about... No, what was your interpretation? So, not my interpretation, but, like, from what I had seen, how I thought it was played, was that you place the first one wherever it scatters to. Yeah. And then for each additional one, you roll the scatter die. Same way, you flip it in the direction the scatter die goes. However, if you had a hit, you could then place it again on that first one mm-hmm. or flip it in the direction that you in so any direction. choose yeah. to put it in. All right, now there's a little sidebar at the bottom of the page. Uh, Rogers and scatter. And it uh, has a diagram with three last markers labeled A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And uh, the original marker A scores a hit and does not scatter. And then it shows two scatter dice. We are showing how uh, B and C are then placed. So yeah. that they're, you know, you flip it or place second marker so that they're touching in the direction of the scatter dice. Yeah. Now it says, if, for example, a hit had been rolled for the third marker instead, the player could have placed it anywhere in contact with or over markers A and B. Now, the question I have is placed anywhere over markers A and B. Does that mean it could overlap, partially overlap the original marker? I think so. I think that's what it's saying. Yeah. Is that if you score a direct hit, that is when you're allowed to partially place it over top. Yeah. You don't have to do the full flip. But it can't be in the exact same spot. It just has to be... Well, it can I be. I guess it could. It yeah, can be. If you can, yeah. if you can go over top of it, you could go over top of it completely. But you now have the option to move it over slightly if that's going to get you three yeah. guys instead of two guys. Now, we're, we're, this is an interpretation of the rule. This is, like, probably the least clear rules learning I think we've done on the show so far. Mm-hmm. So if you have an opinion or if you can back this up with... Uh, like something else, you know, drop his line over Facebook or send us an email or a PM on my toy soldiers and we'll bring it up next week as well or next time on the show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so. this is a tough one because I haven't had a lot of experience doing this, even like even having it played against me. I haven't played yeah. against a lot of multiple barrages. Yeah, they're, they're not common. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, if they score hits, like, oh, I'm just putting it where originally it was supposed And I to think be. that's you, if you scored a direct hit on the first barrage hit. Then it, yeah, it doesn't. Then it's scatter. like, well, I don't want. This is the best one that I could possibly have done anyway. So that's exactly where I wanted to get. Except if the best way was having the hole in between multiple models, mm-hmm. which if you roll a hit on the second or subsequent barrages, 
can you move it to anywhere so that it's at least touching or overlapping any of the previous markers? Yeah, I would markers? think so, right? Yeah. So, so you could get that direct hit on the first one on someone's head, score another direct hit, and then slide it over so it's not on somebody's head. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, in the drawings that they have, C isn't over top of someone's head directly, right? No, but in that example, it's because it's flipped. It's because it's been flipped. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think maybe we'll... See where this takes us. Maybe we'll do a rules lowering redux on multiple parodies. Mm -hmm. I do have a rules wizard that I kind of want to bring onto the show. Oh, we should. And uh, have him break down yeah. this one, possibly. I, I told him that was his nickname today, by the way. <laughs> the I'm like, oh, you're the rules magician. <laughs> the list magician, I think. The list magician. List wizard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Devin for anyone that plays in Toronto. Yes. Um, Known as the list wizard, the he was a cool guy. He was dirty, dirty out, yeah. He was spewing out some dirty lists. I lost a lot of respect for him until I realized he was the rules wizard. <laughs> okay, you're you're cool then. Yeah, Jay I've been, says I've been, yeah. Cool. I've been working on a uh, on an Astra Militarum list, list oh, okay. like all flyers and stuff. Although my problem was bringing it in like first turn, so I didn't lose right away. Yeah, and he gave me some pointers on what I can do to yeah to get around that, which is awesome. Yeah, he he's a cool guy, and like a lot of people today were like. I think they were just ripping on him, but like his um, horse heresy stuff looks really cool. It's got like this very shiny. Yeah, it does look beautiful. Yeah, 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 it was pretty sweet. So actually, fuck all the armies in this. This is total tangent, but all the armies in the store today. Like I felt like I shouldn't even step. <laughs> the yeah, I'm glad my painting is is half decent because yeah, the the bar at that store is pretty high. Holy Christ! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think my stuff looks pretty good, but like. Like I was saying earlier, when it's half finished, it looks like shit. Yeah. And my stuff was half finished. And when you see I everyone had, else at the table painting, oh you're like, <laughs> like, what's his name bringing the, uh, um, uh, shit, the airbrushed with stencils? Josh, yeah, Josh was doing some phenomenal airbrush. Oh, there, yeah. my God. <laughs> Anyways, that was a rules lore. Yeah. Oh, we'll be right back with our main topic. Stay tuned. Okay, and we're back with our main topic for today. We're going to be talking about community engagement in Warhammer with Games Workshop. Yeah, so uh, there's been a lot of complaints over the last few years about sort of the silence from GW on uh, the game, communication with the player base, updating FAQs, um, having a social media presence... Uh, shutting down tournaments, shutting down games days. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be a reversal in that trend happening. So we are going to talk about that. Uh, first, we're going to talk about sort of a history and what community engagement really means, because it's worth talking about and defining before we jump into it. Yeah, okay, let's talk about what community engagement means, and then I want to ask you a few questions regarding what Games Workshop's community engagement might like was before I came back to the game. Okay, sure. Um, so community engagement is, first of all, it's different than customer service. Mm -hmm. A lot of people uh, highly praise, and rightfully so, uh, GW's customer service. Like, they are, will bend over backwards for customers. Uh, Forge World, I've heard stories of them sending, like, whole new miniatures when just, like, a little arm. Yeah, if you're off. a miniature, if you get, like, a resin model and it didn't, the mold isn't good, 
Mm-hmm. They'll send you a brand new one. It's not like, hey, send us that one back. Yeah. And, you know, then you have to pay for postage to send it back and then postage for the new one to come to you and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, great. I bought a model. It was messed up. And I have to spend another $10 for postage. For postage to get another yeah. copy. No, they're like, keep that one. That's cool. Here's another yeah. one. All right. So customer service has been, from my understanding, like stellar for a number of years. And, and not just on the, um, like, phone call and website side. But, like, the store customer service is amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But what, what we're talking about here is community um, support. So Yeah, community support and community involvement. Yeah. Okay. So th- that's different than customer support, where customer is just one person who purchases an item from mm-hmm. the store. Community, it's a little more, a little more abstract. Mm-hmm. So we're, okay, you have a customer... You paid us money, we give you a product. There's a very defined relationship there. Where a community is the group of players and sort of like what they want to do within a certain area or like a community as a whole. Mm -hmm. So the community itself may spend money as a customer. Like a community may buy army books or terrain for their local club to share and like campaign books and stuff. Yep. But it's generally seen as more of a like a conglomerate whole that mm-hmm. has, that's hard to communicate with and hard to like digest ideas from and take, yeah. us, take criticism from. Um, and also it's less defined in terms of a tr- uh, financial transaction. Like what are you getting out of the community? What are you getting out of community engagement? It's not something that's easy to measure like sales would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you, I think of communities, I think of like gaming clubs, uh-huh. right? I mean, you have the Greater Windsor Table, Table Warriors. Warriors, yeah. Um, Hogtown 40K is in Toronto, over mm-hmm. in Dueling Grounds and stuff like that. Like, large gaming communities. You know, there's the same group of people that come to Young and Lawrence all the time. And, you know, there's no name or special face group book group or anything like that. But, like, mm-hmm. it is a set community of people, yeah. of gamers that play together. But there's other communities, too. Like, a forum is a community of players. DACA, so, right. Yeah, so yeah. DACA DACA yeah. is a forum, and that's not located in any one place no. there's also even broader categories like you there's the tournament community which is all over yeah, the world big time, yeah uh, there's so. also individual communities for different games on um, blood bowl which yeah. we're probably going to talking about a little bit later but the um uh the specialist game community and stuff like that people that stray away yeah. from the main 40k or fantasy battle yeah, um, Sigma, yeah. whatever it happens to be yeah yeah there's um a really good inquisitor community called the conclave yep. that's based on a forum that you, you can just like it's like the conclave.co.uk or something just google it but yeah. like it's the place to go for inquisitor yeah so um, as jason is learning you can't please anyone everyone when you're trying to organize something such as a campaign oh big time yeah. <laughs> and it's much more difficult to please everyone in a community or all communities especially when they might be at odds with each other so like narrative versus competitive yeah Stuff like that. Windsor versus Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, which one should GW focus on? It's yeah. a much larger player base in Toronto, so, right? So when you talk about um, tournament versus narrative, mm-hmm. if they had to pick one to focus on, which community do you think they should focus on? Ooh, it's a tough question. Right. Well, I'm more of a narrative player, but I think the tournament scene kind of needs more direction the narrative like it's really easy for narrative players to 
come up with their own stories. However, whichever one they focus on will tend to drive the hobby as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I pose this question because I'm almost positive that they've pretty much come out and said that, like, no, like, 40K isn't a tournament game. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go play in your tournaments, that's cool, but Games Workshop and 40K is a narrative game. Yeah, no, like, regardless of which one I think they should focus on, they absolutely are focusing on the narrative. Yeah. There's no I think that's the right choice, too. Yeah. The tournament communities can handle themselves. That's true. They'll change their own rules. I mean, they already do change the rules to the game. Yeah, like last episode we were talking about ITC and ETC. Like, that's already happening. So let them do their thing and you focus on bringing the story and bringing the nice models and finding out what what the players want out of the hobby. True. It's, um... I think there's a balance. I think they both need to have some because, love. But, but what if Games Workshop put all of this time and effort and money? Because it costs money to hire people to mm-hmm. play test all this stuff and figure it all out, right? Yeah. And then you spend all that time and money, and then ITC just goes and changes those rules anyways to how they feel it would be. Yeah. That's right? a... So if they're doing it already themselves, why are you going to spend the money to do it? Well, I think it's the same thing with the narrative. Like They don't expect players to necessarily take a campaign book and follow it step by step. Yeah, exactly. But there might be some cool missions in there. Like, yeah. So it's a toolbox. So yeah. like, as I, like, a, I like, I like that as a campaign, that organizer, way of phrasing it as a, toolbox, yeah. Yeah. as a campaign organizer, I'm going to go and read through like, um, I think the brotherhood, the wolf was one of them, the shield of ball yeah. and take little things from each of those and build my own campaign. Mm-hmm. And as a, if I was a tournament organizer, I would do the same thing. I'd look at ITC, ETC, GWFAQs, yeah. and pick, take stuff from different missions and like different rulings, mm-hmm. and in, integrate into my own tournament. So, just because like ITC might not take every rules amendment that GW announces, doesn't mean that they shouldn't be. That doesn't mean that there's no value in that. Because mm-hmm. some people will. Yeah. So I I think both both of those should have should get focus, uh, get attention. But, like, w- in the absence of GW's community support lately, mm-hmm. I think there's been, a, like, a strong... The community, uh, the tournament community has strengthened a lot and has become much more independent. Yeah, yeah. So... Which I think is good. I do, too. Absolutely. Um, so talking about their, like, lack of involvement, uh, I've said before, like, I was out of the game for, like, like 12 years, mm-hmm. about... And then I just came back within like about a year ago. Yeah. So uh, there was like the social media when social media like became big. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing 40k. Yeah. But I hear about all the about like oh you know the community involvement isn't good for GW. Did it used to be good for GW? Well, like, did they used to have a Facebook page? They used. I don't know if it used to be good, but yeah. they used to have more mm-hmm. of it. So like, do you feel there was community involvement from them, and then all of a sudden it just disappeared? Yeah, I don't think. I think. There could have been better community involvement, mm-hmm. but it was cut off. Uh, the perfect example of this is Forge World used to have a very strong Facebook presence. Oh, okay. And then they, about a year or two ago, that page and a lot of other official GW pages just got like shut down. Mm-hmm. And no one was sure why. Uh, individual stores had Facebook pages, like Young and Lawrence, for example, yeah. has had a Facebook page for a while. Yeah. But... A very active Facebook page, yeah. too. But the bigger pages representing, like, parts of the company were shut down. And we've recently seen them come back, so we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, the new 40K page is pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, there also used to be worldwide campaigns that was 
way back in the day. Yep. So like Armageddon campaign, uh, I have Terror campaign, Medusa five, I think was the last one. Okay. And there hasn't been. Yeah, I only ever I played in the Armageddon one, but that was it. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, but maybe that's because we were taking it more seriously than what I've heard people well, were taking it as. Well, for example, the Armageddon one, you had to mail in results. Yeah, like that. You know, to fill out a battle report and stamp it and throw it in the post. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. To I think there there was one where you could do the results on the computer, right? That was Eye of Terror, yeah. and like you know, people were filing a hundred battles a day. Yeah. or more. So just just spamming it to cheat, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think you, if they want to do worldwide, well, we'll get to how they could run a worldwide campaign yeah. in a bit. Uh, there used to be more games days. There used to be one here in Toronto. In Toronto, yeah. 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 Now there's there's only Mississauga normally, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Not Mississauga, uh, yeah, Mississauga, yeah. But um, Th- there isn't one here anymore. Yeah, it sucks, man. I used to have a lot of fun going to games days. I used mm. to get uh, special miniatures and stuff. I actually still have like my Chaos Lord miniature that yeah, I got from back in the right. day. Um, I mean, it's funny, there's the 35th anniversary of Space Marines next weekend, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, $35 for a Space Marine? I'm not even going to lie, I'm one of those people that kind of gets my underwear in a knot, being like, I'm not going to spend $35 on one single Space Marine model. Mm-hmm. And yet, we forget that, like, oh, you would get a special limited edition model when you would go to Games Day, but how much was the ticket for Games Day? I don't know, offhand. It was, I don't remember offhand either, but it was probably at least 50 bucks. Well, it... Like so, you're paying yeah. an entrance fee, and in that entrance fee, you're getting a model. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like like that model was expensive to begin with as well. Yeah, right. Like you're paying for it too. Well, I don't think the personally, I don't think the single space marine model is uh, disproportionately priced. Like mm-hmm. I bought an assassin yesterday, and that was thirty seven dollars. Mm-hmm. The space marine model, which frankly is way more plastic than a catalyst assassin, is two dollars. Yeah, cheaper. and you know, maybe a lot of my space. You never know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, personally, I'm not going to buy it because I'm not a collector like that who needs to have, like, every little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, tar- it's not marketed towards me. So that's... If it was a Blood Angels special edition model? Yeah, it might. Yeah. Like, because I would be able to use... I, okay, a single tack marine, I can't really do something with my army. If it was a Blood that's Angels I mean, captain... Right? Yeah, then... Then, yeah. yeah. Or if it was a Space Marine captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, like to tie it back in, GW used to have more special models, and now the only ones that I've heard of are from uh, Warhammer World in the UK. Oh, okay, because yeah. they have special edition models that you can only get there. Only get there, yeah. yeah. It's a big draw for a lot of people to take trips out over there. Yeah, it's like the Jerusalem for forty k. <laughs> so. It's so true, though. But I want to go. I'd like to go too, but you know, you got to go to England first, yeah, and yeah. that's that's all the way across the pond. <laughs> so. They used to have games days. They used to have like a lot more collectors' items and event specific stuff. Um, did Games Workshop used to run their own tournaments? Yeah, they did. Uh, the I forget what they were called now. Not gold. I, no, the Golden Demon Slayer sort of. That was the painting. It was the painting. Yeah. Yeah, they used to. It used to have a specific name. It's escaping me right now. But they did used to run official GW tournaments mm-hmm. until relatively recently too. Um, I actually remember like White Dwarfs used to be like way bigger. But they used to mm-hmm. show photos of, like, the Toronto Games Day and stuff like that, and the yeah. Golden Demon entrances. Mm-hmm. And we used to enter our models in, going back and looking at my painted models when I was a kid. I have no idea how it was even thought that it would be okay to yeah. enter my models in to a painting competition. But it was the Young Ones category, so who cares? Yeah. But I remember seeing, like, our models in the display case in a photo. Oh, really? I in one of the that. pictures. And I was, like, mind blown. I was like, oh, my God, there's my model in a magazine, right? Um... 
but the fact that you could go to this convention day mm-hmm. and enter your models into a painting comp, a large painting competition, not yeah. like a little store painting competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see that again, man. It was a lot of fun to yeah. to work on something and throw it in there, and then maybe get a photo put in the magazine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's really cool when you open up White Dwarf and see other players from mm-hmm. like because really the pictures are just of models right now, but if you see a bunch of players like battling out an APOC game, like how cool is that? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, that's real community involvement and engagement. I think is showing like showing just regular people having fun. Yeah, not just the product, but yeah. the the community, the yeah. customer. Yeah. Um, so in addition to running their own tournaments, GW used to provide prize support for smaller tournaments. Yeah. My understanding is that this would be abused. So like me, you, and two other guys would message GW, let's say we owned a store. Yeah. Or like, hey, we're running this tournament, can you send us like free prize support? Yeah. And then me and you would just split it. Yeah. yeah. So there's problems with that for sure. So I kind of like get why that got shut down. But other companies do provide some prize support, so it'd be nice to see. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. So uh, I mentioned that they used to have a Facebook presence. Uh, the page I remember most is Forge World. They used to have like every day they would show a um, would show a customer's painted Forge World model. Mm-hmm. So seeing those like just not the standard, not the standard studio model presented really? was like really cool mm-hmm. or like converted up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's other companies that do have better community support right now. And like I said, very recently GW has been bringing it back. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that. I was talking about like the Forge World, like the the community painted stuff. Uh-huh. I like seeing that. Like I've recently gone into reading Warhammer Visions. Reading, yeah. reading it's all pictures, but <laughs> looking at Warhammer <laughs> Visions, um, and they do have a lot of studio stuff in there. Yeah, but there's also like fan stuff in there as yeah. well, and hobbyist stuff in there. And I like seeing that because the quality isn't. Usually, not sometimes it is, but it isn't always to the skill level that like the studio stuff is, yeah. which is better for me because I see it and be like, I like that. I could I could easily do that, yeah, right, and to that level as well, yeah. And it encourages me to go out there and and paint some of my stuff, yeah, for sure. And I just like I just picked up uh, one from I think it wasn't the most recent one, but the second most recent had the wolfen on the front. Mm-hmm. And there's this Titan in there that is so beautifully painted yeah. with like, it looks like um like Leonardo da Vinci, da Vinci yeah, sketches yeah. on the on the carapace. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, but I want to try to yeah, do that. Yeah, people willing to try to do that. Yeah, yeah so eventually I want to get Night Titan, and that's how I'm going to try yeah, and make so, it. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you wanted to talk about uh, like other um, yeah. companies and their community engagement. So uh, Privateer Press is uh, the company that does War Machine Hordes, and I know that they provide basic prize support if you ask them. Someone in my club was running a small contest and emailed them asking for it, and they sent him like, a miniature mm-hmm. to give away as a prize. Uh, I don't know too much about Privateer Press because I'm not a big War Machine fan, but yeah. I've, I know that experience from a friend of mine. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games has a number of tournament games. The one that we talk about most on the show, Beyond the Rim, being X-Wing. Yep. And the sort of stuff that they do is they have updated tournament rules that are separate from like the rules that come in the game. Yep. They're free online. Mm-hmm. And they have like an extensive FAQ. Um, and I think that's that's interesting to look at because they just did the um, like the top five tabletop games. 
yeah. around the new year mm-hmm. of like where the standing is of how many people play certain games. And X Wing is number one right now, man. Yeah. And like, I think the community engagement is a big part of that. Like, there's so many tournaments. You want to play a tournament of X Wing? It's easy. Any weekend, yeah. you will find a tournament in Toronto. And not just, like, a random tournament. No, no, no. Like, a points tournament that's for, like, the X-Wing League or whatever. Yeah. Like, that can get the you invited. Yeah, can get you invited to, like, the main tournaments that they have in North America, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's definitely one thing that they do. They have, like, tons of tournament support. And part of that support is tournament kits, which I've seen before. And I actually have some, like, mm-hmm. pieces from the older ones. So, in X-Wing, you use a lot of markers. So, yeah. like... Um, for different like stress tokens or uh, focus tokens, and they usually these are cardboard that come with the kits, but they give in the tournament. Uh, sorry, when you buy a model, it's cardboard tokens, but in yeah. the tournament kits, they have like nice plastic ones. They, they usually them. go to the winners and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, or if there's like lower turnout, it'd be participation prizes. Yeah, they also have alternate art cards, so you might have a pilot card. Like one of the recent ones that came out this year is a C3PO and has a nice picture of 3PO. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so those are really cool, um, and I think they provide models as well for some of the bigger tournaments or bigger stores. Like, yeah. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure they do though. Mm-hmm. But just that little kit with like alter alter cards and like tokens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I could see GW doing stuff like that. Like uh, we'll talk about the tank shop kit that or like looks custom like templates back. and stuff like exactly. that. Like I actually saw someone posted on Facebook um, on like a tra- on the trading post. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eldar, custom-made Eldar templates and dice yeah. that cost them like 50 bucks to get made and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, GW could mass-produce custom dice yeah, absolutely. or custom templates and stuff like that. Or like wound markers or something, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, one thing that FFG does is uh, they give a lot of lead time for the products. Now, sometimes it's because the product gets delayed and they get more lead time than they should have, yeah. but they usually give like at least three months lead time. So what that is, is they'll put up articles about, you know, a new book that's coming out or a new uh, X-Wing ship that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Have tactics discussions. How is this going to change the game? Here's a preview of a card that's really going to shake up the meta. Yeah, um, that's interesting to talk about because while GW could do that, um, a game like the only one that I can really talk about from experience is X-Wing, mm-hmm. where stuff comes out in waves. Yeah. So, like, we're not going to see um, new X-Wing stuff for a little bit now, right? Right, because they just dropped, they the, just last dropped the last wave. So, you need to keep the audience interested mm-hmm. by being like, well, oh, look, this is going to be coming out in a few months. This is going to be coming out in a few months. Or else they're going to lose interest and move on to something That's else. That's true, where GW is dropping. Where GW, like, okay, so you want your customers to save their money for the next wave, so they buy everything from the next wave. Mm-hmm. Whereas GW has weekly releases, so it's like, keep them on their toes. What's coming out next week? What's coming out next week? What's That's coming true. out next week, right? And there's enough rumors that is, as it is for 40k and Age of Sigmar, and it will all of GW Whoa. in general, that just like, I feel like the rumor mill uh, fuels the community. Yeah, it. I think it does. And it I, sucks, because half of the rumors, more than half of the rumors aren't true. Exactly. But so, it's interesting. It gets people talking. It gets people engaged. It's community engagement. It's not GW engaging the community. It's the community engaging the community. Yeah, but there's still discussions in the X-Men community about like how tractor beams going to shake up the meta and stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't think like... I don't think keeping 
the community hungry for information is the only way to fuel anticipation for mm-hmm. the products. Do you feel like if they um, gave you lead times, um, those new models wouldn't be as powerful as they are in the community uh, in the tournament community? Because it tends to be like a new model comes out mm-hmm. over the next few weeks or months in the tournament community those models just like wreck house until someone's able to find the counter to it. But if you knew the rules for it before it came out, as soon as that model comes out, you already have the answer to it. I I don't even need necessarily the rules coming out, but like for me, I think they should have what's the next army coming out. Yeah. There's some rough kit, Mm -hmm. what kits are coming out, what prices. Yeah. You probably get better sales too. Like, I mean, people already spend money like crazy in the hobby, but if you said, Oh look guys, we're going to, we're doing a bunch of chaos models in the next little bit. Everyone that wants a chaos army is going to start saving the money so that when it comes out, they can buy a whole exactly. chaos army. Exactly. Like, if I found out the Dark Eldar were getting an update in the mm-hmm. ne- like next month, yeah. I'd be budgeting for that. Yeah. Like, oh, there's an Azdrubale Vec model coming out? Okay, I'm... I'll make sure away. that I can buy it when it comes out. Yeah. Oh, there's a special edition campaign book with mm-hmm. updates? I'm going to... Yeah. Budget for that. Maybe they just hope on the splurge buy. On the, I don't have the money to buy it, but I really, really want it. Yeah. I still feel like if people could budget, yeah, that's the thing. Um, anyway, something else that FFG does is uh, they host their own, f- they host forums for their community mm. for different game systems, yeah. which I don't believe GW currently does. I think they used to. Uh, I'm not sure about this one. That's an interesting fact because we, we've t- we talked about this a little bit before. Um, that GW, it's still a business in the end, mm-hmm. and all these things cost them money. True. And when you have such a strong form like DACA, right? Yeah. Do you need to create and spend the money on your own form when it's like, well, you can just go to DACA and their form is probably better and more established than anything that we're going to start up. Well, so why spend the money when someone else is doing a perfectly good job for the community? Okay. Well, first off, DACA like is not exactly the most supportive environment for the hobby. Like a lot of people on there tearing it down. Oh no. So for, a hundred percent, but you don't think that, you know, how much moderation you would need if GW had their own? True, but then they'd still be... Would you be a moderator for free for the GW? No, obviously this stuff costs money. Right. Like, I'm not disputing that fact, yeah. but there's advantages to that. So GW could control the conversation to a certain extent. Whether, now, that we're getting into, like, censorship a little bit here, yeah. so we're just going to ignore the sort of, like, moral implications yeah, here. like yeah. it's the internet there's especially with gw there's a lot of already big established warhammer forums yeah so like criticism isn't going away but from a business perspective if gw had the official forums mm-hmm. a lot of people would be drawn to that yeah just because they're the just official it, and ones. they're easy to find yeah for like sure. if you don't know how to find daca then i'm sure it's not hard but it's not as easy as going to games workshop is clicking on the forums button. okay but as a new player who's you're just playing your buddy in his garage yeah you don't like, and neither of you have ever heard of DACA. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're not gonna find it right away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they'd be have a big draw. They'd have a big community, and yeah, they'd have to spend a lot of money moderating it. But they'd be able to control the conversation. Yeah. So, and if you look at their Facebook pages, they, they each one has a pinned post saying mm-hmm. like, "Here's the rules for this page." Yeah, I just I think that uh, the last thing Games Workshop wants is to turn people away from the hobby. And if someone says something rude or inappropriate or makes fun of whatever, 
and they give them a ban, mm-hmm. even if it's for like a day or yeah. a week or whatever, you as soon as Games Workshop itself does that, mm-hmm. you have the potential to have lost the customer completely. Yeah, true. I feel like the the negatives of it might be stronger than the positives. Okay, as much as awesome as it would be. Anyways, let's keep going. Let's That's a whole other going. topic, it feels like. Well, we can get to that later from what we'd like to see. Yeah. Um, okay, so one thing that FFG, Fantasy Flight Games, does have is a dialogue with the community. So, for example, they released their second edition Force Awakens X-Wing kit with a new updated damage deck. Yeah. And they said, you need this damage deck to play at the tournament level. At this point now... This damage deck is the one. Yeah, that we're after using. a January first, twenty sixteen, yeah. I believe was the turnover date. Yeah. You need this damage deck, and a lot of people were really pissed because mm. although it was new, they could have just FAQ the old damage deck, and people were saying like, "Well, I need to go buy a new starter kit just for this damage deck, and, and I already have enough dice." Spend the forty dollars on a new, yeah, okay. And X Wing is such a cheap hobby to begin with, anyways. Okay, but maybe, like, <laughs> that's part of the reason that makes it popular, yeah. right? And it's not always that cheap. Like, you have to buy... To make a TIE Advance good, you need to go buy the Star Destroyer kit. Yeah. So, there's... It's cheaper than 40 If you want a power level. game, yes. Yeah, if you want to play at the tournament level. Yeah. Uh, however, because there was such outrage, FFG recently, in the last like month or two, mm-hmm. changes so either damage deck is tournament legal. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, right on. So, so I, isn't the original one just better? Oh, uh, yeah. So, why, <laughs> like... Why use the new one? Yeah. That's true. I, personally, I think that they should have just put their foot down and been like, deal with it. The top players in the tournaments are going to continue to yeah. do it. And if you're if you're that worried about spending that $40, you're not that serious of a tournament player then. True. My point is... It's community a, engagement. It's getting there, everyone out there to play. There's yeah. a dialogue going on. Yeah. Whether or not that was the right choice, yeah. it shows that they're listening to their fan base. Yeah. Uh, I already mentioned they've updated FAQs yeah. and they have a social media presence like Facebook, Twitter. So, um, yeah. The next thing, should we get into what GW has started doing recently? Yeah, I think that's good. That's a good lead in because um, yeah. they just recently, over the last few weeks, started um, creating more Facebook pages. Yeah, so there we might miss some. I know there's an Age of Sigmar page, so we've mentioned it, we're not going to mention it again. Yeah. And if there's other like fantasy ones that we missed, that's because this is a 40k podcast. And speaking of which, Warhammer 40,000 now has its own official Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, that's really cool. Uh, I've shared a few things on it already. Did, um, just today, they released this like oh, chart of like, choose your chapter. It's like a flow chart to figure out what chapter you would be. It is hilarious. <laughs> oh, nice. I haven't seen this yet. And the, the best one is right off the bat, it talks about the, um, like, follow the codex, the wisdom of Gilliman. And then if you go to, like, as in all things, it asks you, okay, are you more attack or defense? And then it gives you, like, two answers to that. Mm-hmm. And one of the answers brings you to Imperial Fists. It's like, that's the army you should play as. But then the next question is, uh, I'm not so great at painting yellow. Is it <laughs> Oh my Christ. Because that's like the argument is like, yellow is so hard to paint, right? So yeah. it's like, what's my other option if I don't want to play Imperial Fists? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they have fun little things like that. I shared a few. One of them was uh, an overkill related poster of like, no, you're Gene Steeler. Yeah, that was really, really I'm cool. like, I want to print that off and put it on a building. That'd be so awesome, man, to print yeah. a bunch of those off and just like have them. It would add so much atmosphere to your team. Yeah, well, I'm going to. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put them on. I've already done that with uh, another, like a Space Marine poster right on the side of the building. 
So, I mean, it's a little gimmick stuff, but, like, that's cool. It's all, the other, it's all big, stuff that gets people into the yeah. narrative, into the, the storyline of 40K, yeah. right? And the other big thing that they did, and we mentioned this before in the podcast, is they posted uh, on Facebook asking people for their FAQs. Yeah, that was a big thing. So, Did you put anything in? No. No, I didn't either. No. <laughs> <laughs> I but saw I like what they, they posted afterwards when the FAQ closed. They're like, if you didn't get a chance to answer a question, to ask us a question, don't worry. We got so many questions that your question was probably already they asked. They got thousands. Yes. Yeah. I mean, some of them were just open up your damn rule book. But, yeah. You know, other ones good. I'm talking, going back to like this, uh, the Facebook page and them posting all these, uh, these photos, these cool photos and these like graphic things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not the biggest reader. Like I, I like the idea of like reading all the fluff and reading through the horse heresy books and stuff like that. But I sit down and I'm like, I got so many other things to do. I feel like I don't have the time to sit yeah. down and read. Um, so Looks I don't like, we got ourselves a reader. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like this stuff because it really gets me more involved in the fluff and the, the atmosphere of the 40K universe, yeah. whereas I don't get that from the books, right? You're what's wrong with America. That's okay. You know, I can just watch TV for eight hours a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so Forge World has their page back up and running, which is awesome. And Forge World, oh, they all, that's what I forgot to put on the list. They also have blogs. So Forge World has a blog that's been up to date. Usually comes up about once a week, I want to say. Right GW has a daily blog mm-hmm. as well that's off their website. Uh, they also have a weird, cool new thing called the Regimental Standard. So this has its own Facebook page and its own website. And it has in-character Imperial Guardsman stuff. So, yeah, I, you just told me about this like right before we started recording. Yeah. And I'm going to follow this because it sounds amazing. Yeah, I think stuff like this is super cool. Like, just having weird, in-character, fluff narrative stuff. And, I mean, this is going to this is costing them money. Like, it's not some, it's not an ebook they're selling, for example. Um, it costs them money, but it doesn't cost them money. I mean, people, they just released that, um, writing contest. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, man, like, well, you write as a hobby, uh-huh. Right? And you love the 40k universe, so what if you had the the option to have your stories published where people would be reading it? You might not be getting paid mm-hmm. right away, but yeah. it gets your name out there. Yeah, right. That's true. I, that's something I want to get to about what we can see GW do yeah. in the future. But uh, on the other hand, like writers, should, artists, writers should be oh, get paid one hundred percent. I agree, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's the world we live in right now. Yeah. The other page is Blood Bowl, which is really cool. That's mm-hmm. I need to join this one as well, yeah. Yeah. I are, they, are they releasing uh, photos, photos of the models? Yes. They are, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, there's some Chaos Tours. There's a one. nice uh, orc one further down. There it is. Screw that. I need, I need my Skaven. Yeah, that yeah. orc one's pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah. that orc <laughs> one looks badass. He's, like, throwing the bowl ball. Yeah. And just thinking about, like... Uh, like Blood Bowl miniatures yeah. with the technology that they have right now. To They'll like, probably look beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this orc one looks amazing. Yeah. So that's something new. I can't fucking wait for an Inquisitor to get rebooted. I don't know if it is, but that would be amazing. Yeah, it was interesting. What Was it in War Revisions that we saw that Inquisitorial warband? We saw a warband. I don't even know if it was Inquisitor. So it was. But the, it, was it was such a. It was so strange because Out of Blue didn't tell you what game system it was for, if it followed, like, the Inquisitor 
like codex yeah. or anything like that. It was it was forty k for sure. It yeah. was in that timeline. It was so in that timeline for sure. Yeah. But. So what we're talking about is the April Warhammer Visions yeah. in the Blanchite section. They have a warband that's like the, it's the new one, the one I just picked up. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's the whole one. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, it's called the Host of the Blind Man. I think or something so, like that. Yeah. It's got this like blind guy on a horse and all these weird like techno cultists and like clones and stuff and mm-hmm. like backstory and I have no idea if it's just like just a hobbyist just building his own yeah or if it's like counts as something on the table or mm-hmm. it's for like a weird game system I really enjoyed the fact that they didn't put too much information about it because it got me thinking I was yeah. like oh my god are they going to bring back Inquisitor with like more characters more rules and stuff like that that'd yeah. be fucking amazing yeah <laughs> for sure uh, so anyways they I it definitely seems like Blood Bowl is coming out for sure now. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's been kind of confirmed for a while. I really hope they don't bring out the game with just orcs and humans. Yeah. And then we have to, I have to wait a year to get Skaven. Yeah. I really hope that they come bring it out with like four or five teams off the bat and then maybe expand it to more. Yeah. I'm sure Skaven would end up being in the expansion, but. Yeah. Uh, There's also the Black Library page. Now, I'm not sure if this was shut down at the same time as Forge World 1, but it is currently up. Mm hmm. So that's also up there. So well, how many do we got here? One, two, three, four, five pages, not including any Age of Sigmar stuff. Mm-hmm. The books sell really, really well. Like Black Library is doing all right for itself. That's good. I understand. Yeah. So anyways, GW has a strong Facebook presence Like now. I know that our store, mm-hmm. we don't get enough books in. Really? Yeah, like wow. the books sell out. You, like The people that know that they want a book have to pre-order it. Nice. Uh, also, so just for uh, information, say Warhammer Forty Thousand has over fourteen thousand likes right now. Yeah, Facebook, page, and it's only so been out for how long? Maybe like, a month. Yeah, yeah. So that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that they've started doing is uh, they've started giving some product lead time, which is really cool. So the thirty-fifth anniversary Space Marine. Generally, product lead time has been one week. Yeah, the thirty-fifth anniversary Space Marine. They had. Two or three weeks. Yeah, time. I think it's more because it's an event day, and they want you to make sure that you can come into the store that day. Yeah, but it's it's still lead time. Um, also, the community has been pretty good at figuring out. Like, there are certain days that mm-hmm. uh, GW tells their employees they can't take the day off. Oh, interesting. So, like that day is one of them. Mm-hmm. The release of Death Watch is one of them. Yeah. Right. So, when these few dates and those dates come out a few months beforehand. Oh, I see. So they'll give a list of like the next three days over the next few months that you're not allowed to take off. Mm -hmm. And that instantly tells the community, okay, those are big release dates. Yeah. So when Blood Bowl comes out, they won't be able to take that day off. If Blood Bowl is going to be like a board game, right? Yeah. So you'll know, okay, Blood Bowl will be coming out this day. I need Mm -hmm. to save my money for that day. Yeah. So another big one is the Lost Patrol box game, mm-hmm. which is a uh, Blood Angel Scouts versus Gene Stealers with like hex tiles. Yeah. And this has been on their website a while now, and it says availability pre-order. It will ship on June eighteenth. Mm-hmm. That is months of lead time. Yeah. Now the reason for this I heard was that because they're showing it at gaming shows uh, for retailers to buy, you have to have it listed. Online before you're allowed to do that. You oh. can't just like hide it and be like, yeah, we have this game that we might be bringing out. No, you have to fully say, this game is coming out. Mm. Would you like to have it in your stores? Okay. Right? That's what I was told. That's why you're seeing it online. Oh, 
Well, I think because it was before awesome. it didn't that, even give a release date, it just yeah. had it there, and you couldn't even order it. But at least it was online, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's cool that they're doing lead time like that because even like I know local stores in the Windsor area don't get any more lead time than mm-hmm. like I'll go to a store asking questions and it's like, dude, you know more about this than I do mm-hmm. just from the rumor mill. Um, also talking about like that 35th anniversary, I don't know if this is at all stores or this is just at Young and Lawrence, mm-hmm. but they're doing like a Dreadalition Derby. Oh. Like they're trying to do as many like space marine activities as you can do. So you can bring yeah. any Dreadnought and we're doing like a giant demolition derby, last mm-hmm. Dreadnought standing. And then we're doing like a foot race and they're having like lots of like mini games around yeah. the store. So it's cool. That's like huge community involvement. Get yeah. people in, not just, not just playing 40 K, but playing different types of random different games ways to play. Yeah. Um, armies on parade and Warhammer Visions. Yeah, I think That's... armies on parade is a huge thing. Like, um, getting the community involved. So, like, bring in your whole army if it's nicely painted. We're gonna mm-hmm. have a we're gonna have a little contest. Yeah, right? just a showing, painting contest. To... Just showing people's models. Yeah, other than studio models. Is and awesome. then, like, I don't think it's from the regular stores. This is probably armies on parade at Warhammer World. Probably that they possibly, take yeah. like the best ones and they put them in Warhammer Visions. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> all right. So that's kind of the state and the past. What about the future? What would you like to see coming up? Or what would we like to see? Yeah. Um. You know, I'd I'd love to see another large, large campaign. Not a campaign book, but like one that affects the storyline mm-hmm. of the forty k universe. Especially now, since they they are trying to push the story forward. Like we've kind of caught up. To all, with all the fluff, yeah. and now the new campaign books that are being released are furthering the story. Yeah, I'd like to see community engagement to for the community to change that story the way that mm-hmm. the campaign would go. It's just how do you do that without having people cheat? Yeah, like we saw during the Eye of Terror. Exactly, um, and from what I understand, that like turn Games Workshop off of like worldwide campaigns completely. Yeah, um, I kind of have a bit of, of of a solution. Okay, I think that. Don't make it so much um, like individual games. Like you and me go to a store, we play the game, and then we fill out a report and send it in. Yeah. Make it only at Games Workshop locations or larger stores, like because there's different tiers. Yeah. Of gaming. So Games Workshop knows which store has what tier. You have to be a certain tier, mm-hmm. which probably means you have tables to host yeah. a, a campaign day. Yeah. And during that campaign day, there's like all it's all apocalypse games. And then the Games Workshop or the retailer can send in the result. Mm-hmm. I think you'll get a lot less cheating that way because people can't play multiple games. You just go into the store, yeah. play in this large game. That game for that day is going to affect the results yeah. or something like that. Even if you set it up so you have to like send in pictures and fill out like a 200-word battle report or something for each game. Yeah. Just making it more difficult than just like pressing a button mm-hmm. would cut down on cheating a lot. Not yeah. eliminate it, but yeah. might make it so that it's such a small fraction. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I want to see them continue following this trend. Like, social media engagement, uh, product release time. I get maybe just more of that, mm-hmm. even if it's just for so <laughs> for the stores. No, I don't know like the, the actual like corporate positions and the hierarchy in, mm-hmm. in Games Workshop, but it feels like new people have been running Games Workshop. It feels like yeah, they have a new CEO. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like this guy just understands the business and understands what the company needs to do to yeah to get people involved and interested in, to spend more money. 
because everyone seems to be enjoying 40k a lot more than when I even just first started like a year ago. Yeah, well, I I think the narrative campaign of the narrative, look at it as good. I think 6th edition with the changes that they made to the game were really positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, tournament players might like disagree with me, but I think it's become a much more narrative, much more um, visual and cinematic game, Mm -hmm. which I really enjoy. So I'd like to keep seeing tournament, or not tournament focus, sorry, narrative focus. Yeah. If they can tighten up the rules, I think that's good. If it's a little more balanced, not just for tournament play, but so like fluff bunnies like myself aren't getting fed up by playing Blood Angels. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Uh, Games Day, coming back, like one in Toronto area, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do them in every city, but there are major cities like Toronto. I mean, I don't know what New York is like for the gaming community. Yeah. I can't even say not that strong. I have no idea. But like, obviously... You it's know. a big city, so I'm assuming it's there. Obviously Las yeah. Vegas and like the California area and stuff like that. Yeah. But like the the major cities that they have, they make a lot of money in. Yeah. They should do they should a convention do day. Yeah, they should do one in Toronto and one in Detroit, so I can go to both of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, they should just be pandering to me, right? Exactly. You're the only people. person that matters. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, well, you touched on this earlier about... Uh, posting player like stories and narratives, I think hosting more player material in general would be cool. Like even if it's just linking to it, or like I don't know how they would do it. There'd probably be a vetting process and a lot of like legal stuff. But like sharing player made campaigns, for example, yeah, and like just so that stuff gets used. Like I put a ton of work in my campaigns, and if people want to use them or like take stuff from them. That's cool. Yeah. I'm half more like it's all the work's already done. If mm-hmm. GW wants to like, you well, know, you take the have link. you ever emailed them? No, because I don't know if there'd be like copyright violations. I don't want to get slapped with a lawsuit. You right? get slapped with a lawsuit. You made your own campaign. You didn't profit from it. That's true. I didn't so profit not, from it. Yeah, you could just be like, hey, here's this campaign I wrote. Do you guys like it? Yeah, right. and it. Yeah, anyway, but like stuff like that, yeah. right? So I mean. You're talking about how much is it going to cost to put out like these, like uh, put out campaign packages and stuff. Well, if the work's already done by the community, that's that. That wasn't so much what I was what I was talking about. We were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for the random insert, kind of. Um, oh, it's on topic. Yeah, but we were talking about how you could do like a worldwide campaign, mm-hmm. and. You were talking about like having large, elaborate like campaign packages. Not large and elaborate, but more elaborate campaign packages we'll that just, you would have to send to people. And I asked you, would you pay twenty dollars for a campaign package for a worldwide campaign that you had to like fill out and then send back and stuff like that to them? And what was your answer? No, no. And it's like, well, then what does GW profit from? Because they have to print it off, they have to mail it to you, right? And if you're not going to be spending money on it. Well, what's the point in them? What do they get out of it? Well, I you think, you being happy for the the month, and then the community being like, "Well, what else have they done for us?" Like, people just forget so easily what people what, what a company has done for them. True, but they need to start somewhere. And like yeah. FFG with awesome community engagement and like tournament kits and stuff mm-hmm. is profiting. Yeah. Where GW's profits are like their profits are growing, where GW's have been shrinking. Yeah. So I think. I mean, there's a, there's other factors that, like, we, used to, we were talking about how X-Wing is such a huge game. Mm-hmm. Well, Star Wars is way bigger than Warhammer 4000. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, that's got something to do with it. Yeah. But I, 
I think like community sport also has something to do with it. Mm. So I think putting stuff out there for that, like sending campaign packages to stores and like, okay, here's the mission mm-hmm. that we suggest you run. Here's a form to fill out and mail it back to us. Even they can even do it digitally. Mm-hmm. Like here, e- we'll email this to you, print it off at your own expense. Um, if you want to use it. So this is a little, a little off topic because it's not uh, hobbying, but would you be interested in seeing something like um, an encouragement of like fan made like films and stories and stuff like that? Yeah, I would. Like right now, you don't get a lot of fan made films for forty k. I mean, it's hard to do because it's science fiction. But if you encourage people to do it, whether it's animation or whatever, like yeah. don't don't take it into your own hands and be like, "This is ours. Only we can do stuff with it." No, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talented people out there that yeah. just enjoy doing animation, enjoy making films. That if you give them the okay to go make stuff using your property, mm-hmm. like you can't tell me you don't love fan made Star Wars films. Some of them, like that Darth Maul one, it's oh. sick. It's amazing, man. Yeah. And if you like, yeah, there's a bunch of garbage out there, a, like an abundance of mm-hmm. garbage out there. But every once in a while, you get a gem. Yeah. You can't tell me that giving people the option to go make their own mm-hmm. 40k fan-made stuff, then yeah. you're going to get some amazing stuff made. Yeah. And if it's, like you said, they're not profiting off of it, is yeah. there harm? It's just free publicity. Exactly. Game That's why I mean, like, these fan-made things would be just free, free publicity for them, get people, like, yeah. super, super pumped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely... And even then, you know, Games Workshop still owns the rights to it, so if someone makes something really cool, mm-hmm. let's say all of a sudden someone made an animated film for, like, an animated short for... Um, Space Marines or something like that, and there was like some cool dreadnought in there. Yeah, GW would be like, "Cool, we're now making that dreadnought." Yeah, right. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Lord Inquisitor film project. It's an animated yeah, I have, film. yeah, I have yeah. heard of it. Yeah, so that's been in production. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of something cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, we tried to watch the Ultramarines film last night, and that was just it was pretty garbage. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> God, that was bad. <laughs> I think one thing that would be cool is that they released a restrictive versus narrative format. Yeah. This is something that Tyler and I talked about in the last episode that he really wants to do at our club level mm-hmm. is have essentially a tournament format where this is what you can bring. These are the tournament rules for constructing your army. Yep. And then narrative format where it's or an unrestricted format. Yeah. So like a clearer separation between tournament play and narrative play. Yeah. Uh, FFG has that a little bit. They have the like epic play rules, which is triple the points. Yeah. So doing something like that could be. I mean, I guess Apocalypse is kind of like that though, because you never play Apocalypse competitively, or at least you shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. So and I mean, don't they kind of do that with their campaign books? Like a lot of the campaign books are just narrative. That's true. Like, yeah. <laughs> some of them are very one sided. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So more of that then. Yeah. More, <laughs> more campaign th- books. Yeah. Well, you know what? They've switched over to doing um, paperback stuff now. Yeah. Which is going to load. Like, don't. I would never spend $60 to $100. Like, I'm not going to buy Moncaw and stuff like that, right? Oh. No, that's big. That's not so much a supplement. That is a campaign book. But, like, the new. Like, I'm considering getting Angels of Death. Yeah. Just because, like, do I play a lot of these? No, I'm going to be playing Grey Knights and Black Templars. But that's kind of a cool book. Mm-hmm. And I do play Space Marines, right? Yeah. So just to pick it up, if I could pick it up for 40 bucks, 44 bucks, yeah. that's a lot more um, doable than if you gave me like a 60 to to $100 hard 
hardcover supplement. Sorry, I'm doing air quotes here. Yeah. Right? That's not a supplement. A supplement is something that's cheap, you can pick up, and not really think about how much money you just spent on it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, I guess, because see what's in that book when it drops. I mean, it'll drop by the time this airs. Yeah, I mean, like, all these ones that are coming out are all, um, paperback. Like, they're going back to paperback, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, like, the Farset Enclaves one is paperback, and I yeah. thought about picking that up because it's so cheap. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really use a lot of the Farsight stuff, but hey, it's got some rules in here that I might use. Some formations I might use that I'm willing to spend 40 bucks on just to get those two or three formations. Fucking renegade. <laughs> I mean, they should go back. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they have. I can't really talk about it, but like the Tempestus stuff. Like, I want to start a Tempestus yeah. army. If I can get that soft cover, right, like paperback, mm-hmm. for 40 bucks, I would 100% buy that codex. But right now, I'm just looking at getting a digital version of it. How much is it? Is it not 40 bucks? No, I think it's like 50 or 60. It's like, the, oh. it's like a regular codex price. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, having the... Yeah, like you said, because currently there's some campaign books like the Shield of Ball series that's like a $100 book, right? Yeah. The Wolf in one that just dropped where if you're a demon player, you kind of need that to keep playing the army. Yeah. So And that's a big investment and hard to find also. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about worldwide campaigns? We were talking about it before. Like, do you think doing some sort of worldwide campaign could be useful? I think it's really useful. Yeah. I mean, we covered it there a little bit before. Um, I think that they need to find a way to do that. That's the ultimate community engagement, I feel. Yeah. Is a worldwide campaign that changes the actual story of the universe. Yeah. Or even just having it, like, what am I trying to say? FFG is tournament rankings. What if there was, like, a narrative story that players are affecting? Yeah. It doesn't have to change the, like, the fate of the galaxy. You can just, like, isolate it to a system or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would still be really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that we're looking at doing on a smaller scale, right? Just with it between Toronto, Windsor, and maybe one or two other clubs or yeah, something. Yeah, So Like a Southern Ontario uh, tournament campaign, campaign that yeah. kind of affects the storyline of a, of a sector or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and just giving players the tools to do it, not necessarily... Saying, like, this is how you have to run it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the more weight you take off of uh, organizers' shoulders, whether an organizer is two guys uh, playing a game in their garage, mm-hmm. or an organizer is the the person who runs a... 20-man um, campaign. A 20-man... Well, I mean, I mean more like a, like a gaming community. Yeah. Like there's usually one person kind of in charge, like, yeah. organizing the gaming days and stuff like that. Yeah. So they'd probably be the one organizing the campaign days. Yeah. If you can take the weight off their shoulders where it's like, hey, here's a book. This is how you run it. This is yeah. how you should organize it. Just do exactly what you do. Organize the Saturday that your gaming community yeah. gets together. And then here's all the stuff that you hand out to them. Well, that's what You're I You're going to get way more um, yeah. way more people playing. That's what I tend to do when like, I'm organizing an event, like an eight-ball game. I'll go talk to Brimstone. It's like, this is what I want to do. What day is good? And if it's a club day, that's fine because yeah. we're going to be showing up anyways. Yeah. So... But yeah, uh, overall, man, I think GW is on the right track. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm hoping mm-hmm. to see this trend continue and just more like listening to the, what the community... I think the big thing is listening to what the community wants. Yeah, I think the GW, they're, doing, they're on the right track because they're not just like, bam, in your face, this is what we're doing to change things up a little bit. Yeah. And they like go for that quick approach and then, mm-hmm. okay, where do we go now? Yeah. Um, it seems like they're really taking their time. Yeah, for to, sure. to get it right. Yeah. 
With like a slow build and everything. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited for what the future holds. I think it's a great time to be a part of this hobby. Mm-hmm, me too, man. Alright, so uh, I, that wraps up our main topic. We'll be back with some Beyond the Rift. back with Beyond the Rim. <laughs> so uh, I want to start off by saying I taught Tyler, who was the uh, co- second chair co-host last week yeah. or last episode, I taught him how to play X-Wing. Yeah, I think you had mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yet to beat him. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, <laughs> Ian, you got to up your game, bro. <laughs> like, the gloves have come off. Like, yeah. I'm not, I haven't been going easy on him. Yeah. I have Sweet. yet to beat him. I'm kind of, someone shouted out at Brimstone last time we were playing. Yeah. Because I said this, and they were like, oh, that just means you're a good teacher. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think it means something else, but yeah. So, fuck, yeah. I don't know, have, I, have, I, have I beat you in x I don't know if I beat you in x You have, I yeah. think so. But, like, we played... We played very, pretty friendly, no power gaming or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like, um... It's the last game we played, I brought like kind of a, just a list I threw together. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm still learning. I don't play a lot of X-Wing. Yeah. I actually want to start playing more X-Wing. Yeah. Uh, come this summer, when it's like nicer to travel around the city, Yeah. I'm going to start playing more. I'm going to start going to more like yeah. nightly leagues and stuff like that. But like I brought my tournament list, and Tyler would still beat me. Yeah. So there's that. What have you been up to? Um, just playing a little bit of Xbox. Still playing The Division. I know a lot of people like run right through it, but I'm trying to keep it down to like you know, just a few nights a week and really only like two hours when I play. Mm. And I'm a real completionist when I play video games. Yeah. So I really like to like do all the missions in a, in a like in a district before I go to the next one. Nice. Um, so like I'm only level, I think I leveled up to level 20 last night yeah. when I was playing. And uh, I know like everyone's already level 30, just hanging out in the dark zone and stuff. But I'm still just, I'm taking it all in, man. And honestly, it's the best game I've played in a long time. Yeah. Because I'm doing that. Yeah. Like it's not like... It's not too much like something like um, Skyrim, where it's like mm. so wide and so big and so involved that it's like, all right, I've been playing this game for two hours and I'm not even halfway done this dungeon. It's like, no, no, no. The div- when I play The Division, I can still play for two hours, do a lot of different things, mm. and then still feel like I have so much more to this game yeah. to go. Um, and I, yeah, I just get sucked in to that whole, the whole like rundown city and everything. Yeah. Not rundown, but like... The post-disaster New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing it on PC, and it's, I it scratches a lot of itches. For me. What um, what have you been running when you play it? What do you mean, like running? guns and like perks and shit? Like oh, that? I always run a double barrel shotgun. Yeah, either sawed off or as your primary or as your like secondary. As my secondary, uh, okay, as my because you have two primary weapons. You have two pistol. primaries and a pistol, but I got a sawn off shotgun as my pistol. What if I'm not running? I, I run the sawed off as my pistol if I'm not running a double barrel as one of my primaries. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'll usually, I always run an assault rifle and then either uh, M1 or a double barrel shotgun. Right on. Depending on, like, if I'm running a mission and we're inside a lot, I usually have the shotgun and mm-hmm. vice versa. So. And what, uh, what like, um, special abilities? Um, usually the turret. The turret's really good, man. Yeah. Really, really good. Do you just okay. go... Uh, Regular turret, or do you upgraded turret? No, I have it upgraded just yeah. to more power. More damage, yeah. Yeah, I've tried the flame turret, and that was too short range. Um, so. I really like the pulse scan turret. That's cool, too. Like, it provides a mini pulse scan. Of yeah, I think that's the one, the one I use. Yeah. I don't um, know if it has, but I don't use it, but if I, I like when somebody has that. Yeah, and I have the, uh, the only signature I've unlocked is the healing one, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And then I have the uh, basic, like, first aid ability, too. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, just the basic one where it's like when you heal yourself. Or the basic healing one where it heals you and a partner around. Yeah, it heals in like a small area. Yeah. Okay. Or you can like fire you can it shoot someone. It, yeah. yeah. What about you? What do you run? Um, well, I've always been like a sniper. Yeah. So I run a sniper rifle. I got a pretty good sniper rifle for the level I'm at right now. Nice. Um, so I run that. And then I either switch between like a little tiny submachine gun, like the TAR-21 oh, yeah. or whatever. It's like a police TAR-21 that I have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's, it could be like the TAR-28 or something like that, but uh, a little submachine gun. And then I have like an assault rifle yeah. that I carry as well, um, just with like um, like a red dot sight. So like a better zoom, but not like a zoom in zoom. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, right, I used to rock the pistol, but I've switched over to the shotgun just in case I need that like... Just in case my submachine gun goes out. For style points. For style points. Yeah, that's why I rock it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just something like quick and powerful, short range. Yeah, shotguns are crazy good in that game too. Yeah. But, and then I use the the healing one with the revive. Because since I'm always like, I always play farther back. And then obviously being a sniper, I try and gain height advantage. Mm -hmm. I have usually a good like bird's eye view. Yeah. Or a raised view of the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So if like my teammates running around and gets killed, I can tell them just grab cover. Yeah, and as soon as I get a chance, I can shoot the revive gun at them, yeah. right, and bring them back to life. Um, so I do that, and I do the pulse scan with the increased damage of yeah. people that are in the pulse scan. Yeah, and then I forget what my double is. My my, um, it's not the heal one. I no, I think it's it's is. the center one that I unlocked first, like the the, the tech. tech the, okay, the tech one. Yeah, I don't remember what it is because I just unlocked it, and I don't think yeah. I even used. it. I really like the pulse scan. It just it te- usually uh, someone else is already running mm-hmm. it, so that's why I don't use it. And I also have the perk where um, headshots pulse scan a guy. Oh, nice! So I land a headshot for ten seconds. He's highlighted. Yeah, yeah. Which is like. The pulse scan is so helpful for a sniper because the guy's hiding in cover. And if he's a decent ways away, it's sometimes, depending on the lighting that mm-hmm. you're in, um, a little hard to tell when he's when he's moving up and yeah. down. Yeah. Because um, that's obviously, you just wait, if the guy's in cover, you just wait for him to pop his head out and yeah. snap a headshot Blast off, him. right? So if you get that one headshot and he jumps back in cover, mm-hmm. you can see Ray's is about to move to come back up yeah. as opposed to like just trying to time it yeah. perfectly. You can tell exactly when he's going to pop up. Yeah. But yeah, that's been um, eaten most of my time. That's not... When I'm not hobbying. Yeah. Um, although next weekend from when we're recording this, I believe, I think it's next weekend, uh, open beta for um, Doom comes out. Oh, and interesting. I'm pretty sure that's going to suck my life away because I've, nice. while I enjoy games like Call of Duty and like Battlefield and more, okay, I'm going to say realistic shooter. That's nothing like Call of Duty, but. Like a modern shooter. But like a modern shooter. Yeah. That whole like Unreal Tournament, Quake, Doom. Mm-hmm. style of first person shooter I love man like mm-hmm. I'll go years without playing one and then one will come out and it just like sucks my life away like this is exactly what I needed right now to get away from like you get a game like Call of Duty which started off very modern like Modern Warfare like the first one very realistic and, and now with the game that it's turned into it's like why don't you just go full balls to the wall and go like full sci-fi I feel like shooter, have. not like not like, not like Doom that. like Doom okay. is so fast oh I see okay right yeah. Um, how about you, man? What have you been playing? Uh, lots of the Division 2. I just finished the last story mission, so I'm like level 27, 28 yeah. right now. And I kind of put it down because I don't have like a clan or like friends who play online. Yeah. I have one guy who plays, but like I can never get a hold of him. Yeah. So I started playing Fractured Space. Which, you, you mentioned this, but what is this game? So it's um it's still in development, like an alpha or beta or something. Mm-hmm. It's available on Steam. And I got it when it was free. Like, it was on, like on a special, you could just download it for free. Yeah. So I did that, and I didn't play for ages, but I got back into it. And it's a 
capital ship space team game. Hmm. So it's five on five, and you have to like FTL jump to different sectors and try and like control enough points to open up an assault on their ba- the enemy's base, oh, and cool. then jump there and control it. So you fly different capital ships to like really good um, from like really good like tough cruisers, like faster, more nimble stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like support ships and defense ships and attack ships. Mm-hmm. So. I've been playing a lot of that, unlocking. It takes a while to unlock some of the better ships. Yeah. You can get, like, one or two quick. Is it, like, a MMO? Like, is it massive? No. No, no it's, like... Is it a, multiplayer at all? Yeah, it's only multiplayer. Oh, okay. So you... It's only, like... Not team... It's only, like, capture the flag. Oh, okay. So yeah. you can only play five-on-five five base attack and defense. Yeah. Uh, there's another one mode, like, that's called Frontline or something. Yeah. I've yet to be able to get into a game of that. Oh, wow. So... But it's a lot of fun. I'm getting better at it. I don't just rush in and get destroyed anymore. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I try to stay back at my maximum range because mm-hmm. you can outrange certain ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kite them, right? Just stay far enough away that they can't hit you, and you can hit yeah. them. Yeah. And that uh, was a huge thing when I was playing Eve. Was just kiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. Uh, it's not like Eve. It's more. No, like no, no, not hundred percent. I'm just saying that style of fighting. Yeah, kiting someone. Yeah. It's more like. Um, I think it's more like uh, Elite Dangerous where you're controlling the ship directly. Yeah, yeah. But you've, some ships have like fighter wings and bomber wings and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, the ship I've been using a lot right now is the Pioneer. And it's got like a tactical nuke it can launch. Hmm. And it's cool because it jumps, when it jumps from sector to sector, it's like Battlestar Galactica, like the FTL jump. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Um, this just, I just thought of this right now. We actually did play a game. A few weeks back. A few weeks back, the last yeah. time you were in, we never talked about it. Um, this game's actually an app on uh, on your phone that you can download. It's called Space Team. And super, super simple. If you haven't played it yet, download it. Get a bunch of your buddies to download it. it it's free, right? Yeah. yeah. And you got to play in the same room or on yeah, the same you, network. Yeah, you connect either by Bluetooth or by a Wi-Fi network. Yeah, you need to be in the same room. Yeah. Um, but basically, your, uh, your team on a spaceship is outrunning a supernova. Yeah. And... You all have like different um, dials and knobs and yeah. buttons on your. You all have your own individual control panel yeah. with its unique control. But they're all like random, like random weird words, or like sometimes it'll just be like a symbol. Like it yeah. might be a symbol of a guy walking through a door, Fuck, or like one. a symbol of like, I think there was one of like a toilet or something. Or like a hamburger that. or something. Yeah, a hamburger. Yeah, like there's different, man. like different levels of different modes, but essentially it is, is um, there'll be a screen on your. Uh, console with a command, yeah, and that command is to, like flip a switch that another player has. Sometimes it's your own. That's though, true yeah. because you'll be saying it because like it's not like you have like two controls. You, know, you have like six or ten. Or yeah, something. so it's like you have like maybe three seconds before the game before the round starts where you have to kind of like memorize what you have yeah. on your screen because you'll be like change the flux capacitor to four. And, like, you keep saying, like, change the flux capacitor to four, and no one's doing it. And then you look at your screen, and you're the one that has the flux yeah. capacitor, right? Um, but it starts off very slow, where it's, like, it kind of gives each person a time to say it. Yeah. Because it also gives you a rundown. Like, it'll tell you your command, and it gives you a timer on how it has to be, like, before it has to be done. Yeah, otherwise it damages your ship yeah. or something. Yeah, so... At first, it gives you such a long enough time that you can kind of go around the room. Each person says their command, and you do it slowly. But eventually, the timer starts going so fast that everyone's just yelling over top of each other, and it just gets so confusing. Yeah. And then, like an asteroid comes, you have to you have to shake your 
phone, everyone has to shake their phone, and then yeah. it's like, oh, a wormhole's coming up to you, everyone has to flip their phone, meanwhile your command is still going, so you're trying to read your command upside down, yeah. it just, it's a great, like, game when you're having a few beers sitting around with everybody, just yeah. having fun, yeah. It's, I think it's like two to four players. Yeah, it's not a party game, it's limited. because it's, because it, it's limited to four people, and it is, like, very, like, everyone needs to focus as you're doing it, Yeah. but it is still a fun game if you just got the buddies around, yeah. hanging out, and you're not really doing anything else, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my, my favorite, sorry. Tons of fun. Yeah, my favorite moment is, uh, there was a command where it said, like, brush teeth, and someone kept shouting it out, and I thought it was just a joke to throw people off. Oh, really? And then I looked down at my console, and I'm like, oh, there's the brush teeth button. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely, a lot of fun. I tried to get my roommates downloaded, and they wouldn't. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're fucking losers. <laughs> I hate them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like the ones because there are certain levels where it won't be like there'll hardly be any named buttons or dials. It'll just almost all be symbols, Ugh. and the symbols aren't like clear. Like one might be a guy jumping over like a hole or a stick or something. Yeah. It's like oh, a guy jumping over a stick. Yeah. Oh, um, salad being made or something like yeah, that. It's like, just like you're trying to describe it, and people are like, "What the fuck are you talking yeah. about?" <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, definitely. If you've had like a few intoxicants, that's. Uh... Ups the ante a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so check it out. It's called Space Team. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I, all I got to talk about. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of 40K, so... Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of 40K, but yeah. we'll see. I'll probably have some more stuff to talk about next time. All right, cool. We'll uh, close up the show. Well, this has been another episode of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. Yeah, I think Thank it's pretty good. I think we had some pretty intense conversations in there. Yeah, uh, only two fist fights, which is a new record for us. So <laughs> We're always going good. at it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like about this, though, man. It's like, we both love the hobby, yet we kind of have different perspectives. Well, if it was just, like, you saying something, me being like, yes, Jason, I agree. It wouldn't be interesting at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we despise one another so that <laughs> helps a friendship fueled by hatred yeah that's the only way i know how to do it <laughs> god i hate my life no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah so that's uh episode 12 i believe of wrong side of the maelstrom thanks for listening support your local hobby stores if you're local to the windsor area check out greater windsor Tabor warriors we meet at brimstone games and you can find us online at itoysoldiers.com um, if you're in Toronto, you can. There's a few communities you can check out. Uh, Hogtown 40K. Mm-hmm. They normally play at uh, Dueling Grounds. Great group of guys, really into the narrative gaming. And if you're more north than that, come check out uh, Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. Uh, Friday nights is 40K night. But you come by any night, you're going to get a game of 40K. They got a lot of tables, some great terrain. Yeah. Um, also, Saturdays right now is Return to Colorax, my uh, kill team campaign that we're running. That's a lot of fun. We've had a great turnout. A lot of people just want to get in a lot of short skirmish games. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you're also in Windsor, check out Brimstone Games on Tuesday evenings. That's when we have our miniatures night. Mm-hmm. Stop by, uh, paint a model, or like get a game in. Uh, uh, yes. Me and Tyler are always there. So. Yeah. Uh, sign up for iToy Soldiers. Yeah. Awesome website. Yeah, definitely. We have our hobby challenge going on right now. Mm-hmm. So get some painting done. Yeah. So it's a Finish Our Army. You can sign up on iToy Soldiers and post a... The list of models you need to do, and by August you need to have whoever has like the most stuff fully painted, including based. We're gonna have some trophies. Uh, Ito soldiers donated a prize, fifty dollar gift certificate. I think it's just a brimstone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So 
need a drive to Windsor to cash it in for a while. <laughs> but we're looking for more prize support. Oh uh, yeah, so. we can see about that. I mean, if the winner is someone in the Toronto area, I can just talk to Dom and yeah. uh, maybe go pick it up myself or something like that. If, oh, Rob, you mean? Rob, sorry. Yeah. Uh, go pick up the. Um, yeah, we'll go pick up a gift card in Toronto or something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. There's going to be prizes if available to both communities. Mm-hmm. So. It'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, check that out. Meeple Mart. Go check out Meeple Mart in Toronto. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. You can contact us by PMing us over there. We're also on iToy Soldiers. So I'm Fade on iToy Soldiers. You can PM me directly or PM the wrong side of the maelstrom profile. Mm-hmm. I'm Jason on uh, iToy Soldiers, Soldiers as yeah. well. And uh, we have an email that's wrong side of the maelstrom at gmail.com. Check us out. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. That's where I post all the episodes. And follow us on iTunes. Is uh, That's the best way to get the show up to date. Because sometimes when I post the link, like iTunes is kind of buggy, so which is unfortunate. But yep. if you're subscribed, you get it right away. Yeah, and if you want to get in a game with either of us, and obviously any games that we get in with Friends of the Maelstrom, yes. we're going to uh, feature on our Games Played segment. So that's mm-hmm. an awesome way to get your army out there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the wrong side of the